I hear shit rolling down my stairs. <laughs> Is that a redheaded stepchild walking in your house? Oh, dude, yeah, I hear that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Episode number 59. I am Dan. And of course, Nick is with me tonight. Nick, say hi. Hi, everyone. How's it going? Then we've got Justin the Jackhammer Poochie. What's going on, guys? You're not digging that, that nickname, are you, dude? Oh, I'll take it. The, <laughs> the thing is, it, it can't really stick with me because once I stop jackhammering him, you're going to have to come up with something else. I'll just start calling you asshole after that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Been called worse. So here's the deal, guys. It's been, it, it, it always feels really strange um, when we can't get a show out. It's like we go through the week. It's like, did I have a doctor appointment this week? What the hell? Something's not right. I missed something this week. Of course, last week, not going to blame anybody, Nick and Justin. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming come on lay it on thick all right so here's the deal we got you know we all use mac we're, we're a mac group over here absolutely and um these guys you know we, we spend uh, quite a few text messages back and forth and they kept sending me on my iphone these files and i'm like what the heck? how do i get these from my iphone to my computer oh you don't have message no Oh, well, you need to upgrade your computer to Mountain Lion. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. Where do I get it? Loved message, by the way. Loved it to death. iMessage is just, it's the greatest thing it's, ever. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, last Friday, all, thinking all is well. I mean, I had message for a few days, loving it, you know, communicate, communicating back and forth every, with everybody. Really nice. We get uh, get behind the, the mics. And nothing. There's no computer doesn't even see. Anyway, had to go through guys and I had to. You know what sucks? You don't realize how much stuff you have on your computer until you have to wipe the hard drive completely clean. So, you know, technical difficulties. They now, do hang happen. on, Dan. How many hours did you spend on Apple tech support phone calls? Yeah, and you know what? They were wrong every time, dude. Every yep. time. I spent one day, three hours, four different people. Jeez, man. A- and they were wrong. They Every one of them was wrong. They were very friendly. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if any of you out there had any experience. With <laughs> they <that>. were kindly <laughs> wrong. They were, they were super friendly. I mean, but wrong. So here we are, and we got the problems resolved, and uh, we're back. So awesome. Yeah. A uh, lot of things have happened since we've been gone. It's like, it feels like it's been forever. Thank God the elections are over. 
No. Oh yeah. Dude, so really, man. That was just. This was a brutal season. You know what I mean? Brutal. Mm-hmm. But it's over now, and uh, all's well that ends well. I guess. I guess we'll find out how how it ends at some point. So what the hell? Jesse's not with us tonight, by the way. No, he's he's in route, eh? <laughs> he's he is. T- he's he's driving back from school. And we'll probably be interrupting in about a half an hour because <laughs> he's going to uh, drop some stuff off at my house and pick up some stuff. And uh-huh. Yeah. So what the hell have you guys been up to for the last... Well, I know what you guys have been up to, but let's yeah, tell the you listeners. you freaking know. <laughs> why, why lie? Let's not even make oh, it up. Man, I tell We've you. all been pretty much waking up and living this damn website. Oh, oh. man. This, I got to tell you, this... This project turned out to be what I, you know, a web page. Yeah, we all need a web page, especially if you're doing what we're doing. You got to have a storefront, I guess, for lack of better words. You got to have a way. To me, the website has always been just kind of a, a book holder, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> oh, nay, nay. Well, and that's the thing. And here's the here's the thing is I never really considered what it could be. And, and I got to tell you... Um, if I lived closer to Nick, you might be reading about this in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a, the, the 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 cool thing about it is is when you have people that have a vision of what they see and they're adamant about it and they 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 just want what's best. Although it feels like a struggle, eventually what you end up with is something amazing. And that's exactly what we have. Yeah, I'm oh, I'm yeah. impressed. I had the easy job, dude. <laughs> I mean, graphics guy over here. I just you know I did all the Photoshop work, um, but it, it was awesome. I just got to sit back, be like, all right. So I want this over here. <laughs> I want this to do this, and oh, don't forget, give me this over here. And they're like, dude, it's really? not that simple, man. Would you <laughs> just shut the hell up? <laughs> I'm like, I know, but I, I really, you know, but I just. Yeah. It, look, and I can't wait to show you guys this website. But when you see, I mean, when you look at it, it's it's like wow. Look at you know we're gonna we could go on and on about this. We could probably yeah. the simple matter of the fact is um, when is it going to be out? Well, we're hoping soon. Um, we're gonna kind of wind it up and turn the project over to our, a friend of ours that's going to integrate it. Uh, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means our webpage, our webpage that we have now is going to be down during that time. I don't know what that means. I guess we'll find out. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Well. I think it's just getting it all prepped and then kind of like throwing the big switch and waiting for it all to crash. Yeah. Well, we'll hope, hopefully. I think that my guess, and if, you know, a lot of it, like Dan said, depends on his schedule. Cause that's kind of out of our, out of our hands, but in Theory, by the time you guys hear this episode, you're looking at like a one to three days. So you guys download this off of our regular, our old site. The next time you come back, it'll be new one. So probably Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. Oh, man. Dude. And make sure you keep checking in, guys, because this website is awesome. It's yeah, got a lot of cool features. You're just going to want to hang out and click around and explore. Yeah, and you are going to have to. Um, there's two things, Dan, we should probably talk about. Yeah. 
unfortunate, yeah, but still. It's yeah, they are it very unfortunate. We are going to put this all over the internet. It's going to be everywhere because we want every single person that listens to this show and then some to know. Two things are going to have to happen on your end. We apologize, but it's just how it is. Um, you're going to have to re-sign up, basically recreate a login for the website. Um, the second thing is, unfortunately, we believe, and unless we get just surprised with great news, uh, for all you iTunes people, you will have to resubscribe to um, our iTunes yeah we we don't know the full story on that yet it it might be for those of you who know about this stuff and i don't really know about it but i can tell you this the 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 rss feed we have now is a different rss feed than we have on the old site that being said they can be pointed but will they integrate and if they don't integrate that that means the uh, subscription list might have to reset yeah, it's right. un, it's un, it is, you know, it sucks, we know, but um, we don't think it's going to take that long to... And it's not going to be that bad because, honestly, you're going to want to go to the website to check out all the new cool shit anyway. Yeah, it's worth um, the extra effort. So, it, and, and it, it'll be really easy once you get there. It's not like there's some big, you know, login process or anything like that. It's really simple. It's all laid out, super user-friendly, it, very interactive. We want your guys' input. That's that's what you know. We put it out. That's what we did this whole website for was to get more interaction out of all the listeners and more input, more opinions, more. What do you like? What don't you like? What do you want to see? You know, what's funny? What's not? That sort of a thing. Yeah, it's it's really going to be quite amazing. I'm, <laughs> I can't wait for you guys just to see it. That I mean, just just so you can kind of experience it. But uh, we will be doing some. Um, I guess beta testing on it here soon when we get the chance, try to get a few people on there just to kind of start clicking through and see if they can find any air or something like that. It's a bit of a hassle, but here's the, here, the one thing is the sign up process. Nick said it's easy, super easy. Just the name and a password. That's all you need. Yep. You don't need to worry about the profile stuff. You can do that at a later time. And this is like just the beginning. Seriously. We had to get past this hurdle so that we could move on to bigger and better things. I do also have some, incredibly awesome, awesome news on my end since I'm the one dealing with this. But um, huge shout out to Progressive RC and to Jen's Ace. Uh, they are now going to be advertisers and show sponsors with us. So can't say thank you to those guys enough. Um, it's going to be awesome. You guys are going to be seeing some killer deals pop up on our site for them. And uh, it's just, it's fantastic to have such, you know, such top quality products and, and you know, and companies like them want to be involved with us. That that says a lot. So we thank you to those guys. Did you guys get any flying in this last week or two weeks? What the hell? Yeah, um, actually. Yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, oh, that's I, right. I'll tell you uh, what, man. I've been flying the shit out of that little blade nano CPX. So it doesn't count, dude. Oh, it counts. <laughs> when you see the weather that we've got here right now, man, uh -huh. it counts. Oh, it's a little wet out there, dude. I have seven inches of snow on my porch right now. You know what? <laughs> I would rather deal with snow than rain. 
Are you? Yeah, I'll fly in that shit. I'd be care. flying in the snow, not a problem. Shit. Can't fly Don't in the rain. Scared. Don't be scared. Don't oh, be scared. That reminds me, I got an email. You know how we, you know, in the wintertime, we call people warm weather dicks. Yep. Someone said, uh, you know, I mentioned a few inches of snow the other day, well, a few shows ago. Someone says, a few inches of snow? Well, if they're warm weather dicks, what are you, a cold weather pussy? <laughs> Ouch. I, I gotta admit it, guys. I I you know I I don't like glove man. I do Never. not like I do not like cold weather. I did get I'm some going flying out tomorrow in. with uh, an expected high of forty four. <laughs> is it supposed to rain? No. Oh no, no there's it not a cloud here. in the sky here. <laughs> I know Justin, we dumped all of our crap south. Yeah. So we've got like blue skies. Jesse's going to be here. I think we're going to be... Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I guess we announced that on Facebook. So we can make this announcement, too. Um, we've got an icon. We're going to be doing a review on the icon flybar system. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Jesse's going to be doing that one. Why? Because, well, that bastard can fly better than all the rest of us. And, um, yeah, it's his turn. So we're going to... He's going to be putting that one through the paces... This will be really cool, you guys. And the big reason why, he has pretty much solely flown V-Bar for the last quite a while. What, half a year? Something like that? Six or eight months for sure, yeah. Yeah, somewhere around there. So it'll be really awesome to compare it, especially with the talent that this kid's got. I mean, ridiculous. If oh, there's yeah. A, if there's a flying glitch in it, then then he will find it for sure. He's going to catch it. I'll probably it. be working with him on you know some of the... The more in-depth stuff in it, but I think it's going to be great. You know, good introduction for him into the review thing, and uh, I think we just couldn't have picked a better person to do it. And in addition to that, I am going to actually steal one of his V-bars that was for his imaginary warp that's (laughs) never going to show up. And so I don't have to worry about getting that back to him anytime soon. (laughs) I'm going to slap that on my 700E because I've had a lot of people asking about how does the SK540 fly in comparison to the V-Bar. So I am going to be using the V-Bar governor as well. So we'll be putting that one through the ropes too. So be looking forward to more just awesome reviews. I saw on Facebook, Jesse crashed the compass. I know, oh, dude. finally. That was the worst part. I texted Dan. I'm like, dude, you have to record. <laughs> this was last week. I'm oh, like, is no, that your big we, secret we, you were talking that about? Was that was the secret. secret. I'm like, Jeez. we have to record. I don't care what you have to do. Pull it together. Make it happen because you need to ask the question. I was dying for you to ask that question, oh, man. Oh, man. He, dra- <laughs> he freaking drove it in. It, it didn't look too bad. It didn't oh. look bad at all. Uh, the picture was deceiving. Okay. Well. He went full negative. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Skid bump. So, you know, we talk about Compass a little bit. I actually have, I'm not going to talk about it right now, but I have some, I have a, I've evolved on the Compass issue. What? Oh. Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Don't let me forget. Oh, oh, I won't. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> so also this week, uh, the last two weeks, guys, we had a period uh, where it was 60 degrees and sunny here and no wind. It was, it's kind of, it was like the last hurrah of the flying season. And it was just beautiful, even oh, though there dude. were some plankers, and I got to watch a planker crash, and you know, oh, I'm it jealous. It was a good day. Yeah, that's all the flying I've been getting in. Though I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's that time of year. Of course, 
when you're constantly working on code, yeah, it you kind of lose track of the daylight. It's like, oh yeah, it's it's four o'clock in the morning now. Maybe I should stop. It doesn't matter yeah. anymore. No. So we did pick a good time of year to do this. Yes. So that's it, Justin. What did you you uh, you just been flying the nano? Anything else happening? Anything else going? Uh, on? Just been flying the nano, uh, wrapping up the heli command review, which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode, and uh, working on the website. That's pretty much what I've been spending my time doing. Yeah, how's the little one doing? He's doing well. He's uh, you know, there have been a couple of nights where he decided he's not interested in sleeping, but <laughs> other than that, he's pretty uh, he's pretty mellow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, we got um. I get to test the gears too. I forgot about that. What gears? Fusion gears. Oh, they that's showed right. Up. That's right. That's yeah, right. they You're... showed up. Okay. I will. We will have a review up on those for the webpage so you guys can see the pictures. Because, dude, if I, I don't know how these couldn't solve the problems, they are monstrous, beefy as hell. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. So I got those all slapped in, and then of course it rained. But uh, so that will be. I'll be throwing those down tomorrow too. So. So I we've been talking a lot a lot about the webpage, but there's one last little thing before we go on to the news that I want to mention. The the buzz must be going around, um, and the reason I say that is because I I hate to tell people to not go to our old website and 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 you know sign up, but I got to tell you, I'm getting ten and twelve people a day signing up, and I'm wondering if they're if it's. You know, they, they hear the buzz or they've heard through friends or Facebook or whatever. And then they go to our old page and sign up. And I don't want to discourage you from doing that. But all I am telling you is just keep in mind, if you do do that, it probably won't be but another week. And you're going to have you to said, kind of you redo said <laughs> You said doo-doo. Oh, my God. <laughs> that must mean it's time for news. It's got to be, right? I suppose it could probably do some news. <laughs> So, Dan, you know that Thanksgiving's coming up. You know what that means, don't you? Lots of turkey and football, dude. That's what that means. No, 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 no. The missus and all of her friends are going to be going out shopping. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what that means for us the next day? Hall pass Oh, my God. So, remember, guys, for all of your RC helicopter needs, go to helipros.com. Absolutely, man. Get out there. Get them ordered before. Don't wait. All right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right. So Hacker uh, Hacker Motors has now released the new A50 Tornado Edition 530 motor, um, playing up in the big boy class. They're calling it anywhere from... Six to eight hundred millimeter blades. That's a pretty big gap. Yeah. But it looks like from power output, I'm guessing seven hundred class. Um, something that I really like and that Hacker has always had a reputation for is their their motors are pretty lightweight. This one's coming in at about four hundred sixty-five grams, which I really like. I'm I personally tend to lean toward the lighter helicopters and lighter motors. And uh it's good to see them, you know, trying to get back into the larger, more powerhouse motor aspect of it. So be sure to check that one out. Um, Progressive has solved a lot of people's problems. Well, like always, but this is pretty sweet. So the, the power lab 
um, the Power Lab chargers, the, the big issue with them is the size. Mm-hmm. They're a very awkward size. They're kind of like a big, perfect square. Very hard to get in charger cases because most of the time, the field cases that everyone is using is set up for kind of a flatter charger, like the iCharger. Mm-hmm. So Progressive is now selling um, like ready-to-go cases with dual power labs in them, with single power labs in them. They got the deck lid. Uh, you can access the buttons, the displays. They're freaking sweet. They, they look and, so clean, dude. Oh, I know. And you guys, if you've never, if you've never got a chance to see a Progressive case... You have to go for it. I mean, it is it is just so worth it because they're so nice, dude. It's it, it's a work of art. It really is, and it's it's one of those cool. Remember, we had talked about this a while ago, where where you finally buck up and you buy like your fuel pump, Dan, where uh-huh. you bought it and you looked at it and you went, "Yep, this is the last one I'm gonna buy." Uh, that's that. that's what these cases remind me of. Yeah, so Align's got, um, they have now released some CNC helical cut main drive gears. Um, they are not completely, uh, they're not completely machined. They look molded and then they cnc the outside of them. Cool part is they should be straight. They're really sexy looking. I'm impressed. They're black. They got some real nice lettering on them. Um, and I have noticed that, you know, we do get some gears occasionally that are not quite round. So it'll be nice to uh, <laughs> be nice to have the option to buy a little higher quality set. Uh-huh. Um, Helimax for all you indoor flying people uh, now has the one SQ quadcopter, so you can rock that thing around the house. And then something that I've been looking about, we talked about it with the XCP one hundred. Um, you know, Helimax has this whole. Um, oh man, now I can't think of the name of it. It's the little module that plugs in on the back of the transmitter so that you can fly it with anything. Oh, the, um, yeah, no, any link. That's it. Any link. Yep. It's called the any link system. And this one is available in that, which is just awesome. I'm, I'm doing my best to try and get a hold of one of those Axe CP 100s because I really want something to fly around the house, but I don't it's going to have to be something else because I'm not ready to go out and buy another Spectrum transmitter just to fly that. Yep. So for all you people who, who would like to get a little quad to dink around with, then uh, now you've got some options. Real Flight 6.5 was released and included in that, they have a couple new models for all of you Gobbler fans. They've got a 630 and a Velocity 90 N2. So finally, all the Goblin fans out there um, I'm looking at a picture. There's a picture of the Goblin here, and I'm looking at one of the Velocity. Man, the Velocity looks sharp. It really looks sharp. I'm impressed with, with the graphics that they did. Do you, um, do, so, you, do you know anything about that upgrade? Is that something you can do online, or do we know any specifics about that? You know, I truthfully, I'm completely in the dark because I've never owned real flight. I'll tell you I what, don't have a clue. This week I'll find out because I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I do fly real flight, and I'll let you guys know next week. Okay. Are you, are you going to... Are you going to buck up and pay the gazillion dollars they always want you to pay to upgrade? Well, you know, the, the, upgrade, the upgrades yeah. really aren't that expensive. It's when you buy the initial unit, when you got to buy the transmitter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's when it's... I mean, the, to upgrade from 4.5 to 6 was $50. Oh, that's not too oh, bad, that's not bad at all. Yeah, so, you know... But now, are you flying it with the real flight transmitter? I am. Yeah. 
Yeah, to, to me, it's the that's dude. That's the way I feel about the sim to begin with. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal for me. It's about it's just about muscle memory. I don't I don't care if I'm using my own radio. Yeah, it because it it doesn't. I don't get too wrapped up in in radio feel. I mean, I, I like to have a comfortable radio. I love the way my 8FG feels, but I it doesn't. I mean, if I had to fly my 9303 for a while, it wouldn't bother me. See, that's yeah. good. That keeps you flexible just in case that new awesome radio comes out and it's a completely different shape. Yeah, see, that, that type of... What's more important to me is the access to switches. Yeah. Yep. And, and that's a little bit where the NFT fell a little, little behind, but that was, oh. that was changeable. Oh, yeah. That dude. reminds me. Yep. I, Go I got to bring that up. So the last episode, Nick, you talked about, I can't remember the letter, number, comment. It's the Futaba 14 FG uh, uh, or SG F- or whatever. SG, it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's the new 14 channel with the fastest receiver capabilities. Um, I think what we said during that news was, yeah, they stuck us with the crappy switches again. Well, if you go and look on Futaba's website and you look at the description for all the new features on that radio, one of the things they did change was to space out the switches. So they actually listened to the users and and updated the radio design. 14 models later, they listened. (laughs) That's true. Better late than never, though, right? That is true. Uh, Now I've got to get it. Them's hands is small where they make those things, guys. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I Justin's right though. We were completely wrong. I mean, it says right there. It, it was like, well, it was it's like, like it third. called my name out and just slapped me in the face. It was like, oh, oh yeah, Nick. You know how you were just talking shit? You were uh, wrong. It dude. says right here, wide switch spacing. Well, like, look. Oh, <laughs> they had the two sitting right next to each other in that photo I was looking at. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can't tell from that. I agree well, with you. Dan. Yeah, you can't, but come on. I mean, uh, you, you said a 9303 or 95 or 9303 next to an 8FG. Uh, you can tell. Oh, that's <laughs> you know, true. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that's true. You know, that I mean, is true. So, um, SAB put out um, a video Bert did on the HPS Rotorhead introduction where he goes over the features of. Sorry, I can't say it without laughing. <laughs> Dude, it's like, I'm I was trying to sell say, this as on. the news. I'm like, I'm all trying to sell this as the news. And it's like, he does this introduction on a very new technology. Wait, it looks like the same shit we've been flying for the last <laughs> 10 years. It's like, dude, this is what my first fly barless yeah. head looked like. Well, you know what I was going to ask you, Dick? I was going to say, does he start the video out by saying, and this is why the original head on the Goblin sucked? No, I didn't even watch it. I mean, <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, there's got to be some explanation, right? I don't, you know, and I don't, the I Goblin guess I don't really have, see what the, the problem. Now, they've got okay, I guess I should say that there have been a lot of people that have had issues with DF, and I, I don't mean to use DFC because DSC is actually a lines terminology, but but DFC design, that style yeah. of direct link head, right. there have been a lot of problems from across all the brands. So with the HPS head, it's, you know, I, it's just hard for me to get excited about because it's like old. Yeah, I don't know. I think it will fix a lot of problems that people have had, but I think they should have just slid it in a little bit quieter. 
Yeah, I mean, they made a whole a whole thing out of it. Yeah, I know. And I that's kind of the... It's all marketing, yeah. dude. It's all marketing. Yeah. So V-Bar's got a new 5.3.1 out. Uh, it's nothing super fancy. They just corrected some small issues. Uh, dynamic drift corrections could calculate the wrong values in some cases. Uh, just dealt with some real small drifts. Um, corrections of the governor management. Uh, let's see. New governor mode for auto rotation bailout. Uh, covering the new Bluetooth modules and some issues with Savic servos that um, would not boot up sometimes have been fixed. Uh, so for all you VBAR users, go ahead and definitely get that updated. Uh, KDE has a new one-way bearing out for the 7 and 800 size. In my opinion, this was really needed. Um, L-Line has been kind of plagued with one-way bearing problems. And truthfully, I can't really blame them. I mean, we're trying to slap 13 horsepower electric motors in here, and then we get surprised when they let go. <laughs> but it is really cool that uh, someone has finally come out with a with a solve for that problem. Nice. Castle's got a new Talon 90 ESC out. This one's pretty cool because it's got an internal BEC in it that's capable of pumping out up to 20 amps and 9 amps continuous. So that's pretty cool. It is a low voltage version. So it's set up for like 500, 550 class helis, or you could use it on like a 6S setup and a 600 if you're just kind of sport flying it. Yeah. But that's pretty sweet. You don't have to go to a receiver or, you know, like a receiver pack or anything like that. You can just, uh, yeah, this one's finally got enough power to run all those full-size servos. Does it include oven mitts? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, they really haven't had that much yeah, of an issue. I know, but it's just fun to bring that shit up. Yeah, I know. They'll <laughs> they'll never get over that. No, they never will. No, Dude, so the motor it, side of the wires is pretty cool, too. They don't actually have yeah. wires coming out. They've got connectors. Yep, they do. Sockets, rather. Yeah, so you just plug the motor straight into the side of the ESC. Before we, before we exit the news here, Nick, I want to ask you a question, something you brought up in the news. And um, frankly, you need to answer to me. I don't quite understand what's going on. You mentioned uh, quadcopters, and I just caught a glimpse on Facebook, and I don't even know where I saw it. Um, you were posting a picture of a quadcopter that you have? So, yeah, so, <laughs> so we have a term for this. It's called Facebook creeping. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's, you know, everyone's <laughs> done it. You know how it is. You get a couple new friends on Facebook. You're like, yeah, let's go check this dude out. So you, you go Facebook creeping. You start digging into all the pictures. Well, it's funny because then you make a comment on a picture, not realizing that it was put up like a year. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. So, no, I did. Uh, we did have a, a DJI, an F450, a flint. Oh, okay. Wheel, yeah. F450. You told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. Uh, so you it's, know, it's nothing new. Just don't be, but I am, <laughs> I'll fess up. I'm an honest man. I am going to build one over the winter. But I'm going to do it out of scratch, mostly mm -hmm. because I want to, for research purposes, try out the quad mode in the SK540. So I'm just going to build kind of a ghetto Nick Fabulous one out of uh, scratch and see Nick, how it goes. Nick Fabulous. Nick Fabulous. Oh, yeah. my God. You like that? All right. Is that it for news? Justin, you got any news? I have no news, man. Hold on. That can't be it for news. No? Oh. No. Dude, I have one more. The biggest Big news. Yeah, I do. It's right. It's sitting right here in front of my face. My apologies, everyone. This is shocking. I mean, this one hit me like like a rolled up newspaper. 
<laughs> Jamie Robertson has left Mikado. Uh, crazy. Dude, I don't I don't get it. I mean, how, how do you leave? I didn't even know that was legal. <laughs> to leave Mikado, I know. Yeah, I don't I thought when you leave Mikado, you we, just uh, you know, cousin Antonio, he just takes care of it and you go away for a while. We have forever. ways of making him talk. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, look, you know what, frankly, again, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble because there's people out there that are not going to like what I'm about to say. I know what it is. I don't care. And don't care. <laughs> it doesn't make a bit of difference. Look, I do have I do have I have a couple predictions. And of course, this is kind of turning into a fun little game that we play. You guys notice mm-hmm. that? Oh yeah. Where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? It's the new game. It's the new game we play. I have two yep. predictions. I know. I think I do. The first, the first place I'm thinking is he's going to go to a line, and if it's not a line, you know what? I'm going to have to reconsider my second one because I just thought of something. It can't what? be Thunder Tiger because Thunder Tiger doesn't have enough room for two superstars. <laughs> no. Good. Good point, huh? There yeah. you go. So as of now, there, I don't want. I, I'm, I'm, I know there's other options, but I'm thinking mostly a line. I'm going to call a weird one. I don't think he's going to go anywhere for a year. I think you're going to see Jamie Robertson disappear for a year. I think his intentions are that he's going to go to school oh. and he's going to focus on that. And then I think the crack addiction will just sit there and fester. <laughs> For like the next year, and it'd be like, nah, nah, man, I don't need to, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. It's all good. I need to focus on my school. And then he'll last about a year and he'll be like, screw it. I got to fly. No. Nope. And you're, then he'll come back out and sign up with someone. Mikado. See, I, I'm going to say he's going to TSA. Okay. Really? Because it's got nitros. And he's been flying electric this entire time and it finally bit him. And he needs to get out and burn some freaking nitro. That could be true. There's nothing like a little bit of the nitro. You know, that's I, it. Man. Let, me, let me fill you guys in on something, and I'm not. I'm not going to divulge who I talked to about this, but I've been told by a birdie that this is really going to cause a stir. Someone's going to hate me for this. He did not like the 700 Mikado at all. Ooh, really? And I am not going to. Not even going to. Don't even send me an email asking me who told me that. Because I there is no way that I would reveal that. But still, that's interesting. I've been told that. Take it for what it's <laughs> worth. Don't know if it's true. Can't confirm, can't deny. Well anyway, <laughs> I uh I I'm happy to hear that um your quad thing was and I do remember you telling me when I did get the DJI, dude, you're gonna be bored of it. I trust me, I know I had one. Remember you telling me that? Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's it for news, huh? That's it. Yeah. All right, guys, this week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. These fly bars sit in the cold, damp corners of your garage to rust or be sent to the junkyard for melting away for plank parts. Every day, the number of fly barless units increases dramatically, leaving fly bars to squander away into obscurity. Not to mention the fly bar paddles. Carbon, 
plastic and all of those KBDD paddles hoping to fly another day. It takes a little for you to become a special friend of the fly bar. For just 75 cents a day, you could save a fly bar somewhere across the nation. As a sponsor, you could exchange photos and letters from all the happy children currently flying their fly bar helis. So come on, pick up the phone. Call 1-800-SAVE-FLY-BAR. Thank you for your time and consideration. Save the fly bar now. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, as you guys all know, Justin just recently has been flying a heli command. Those guys, they, Justin and Nick, they put a video out. You guys just saw it. And uh, they also do the additional video, the outtake reel. <laughs> <laughs> That's that some good fun. stuff. I enjoyed the outtake reel better. <laughs> I, I did too, man. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Uh, Justin's going to go ahead. You know, he's got a nice, beautiful write-up done. But tonight, uh, we're going to take a t- little time, let Justin kind of go over his thoughts, and then uh, when he's done, we'll discuss it a little bit, and then we'll kind of move on to another topic. All right, Justin, so go ahead and fill us in, man. Tell us about it. All right. So, oh, yeah, as you guys know, I mean, you've seen enough Facebook posts at this point. Uh, I started out with the Heli Command 3 Extreme, uh, ended up talking to Danny Melnick at Demon Heli and Joa Shim Ufeld uh, at Captron over in Germany. Um, great guys, by the way, and you'll hear me do another shout out to them at the end of the review. They were the guys that we hooked up with and that allowed us to do uh, this product testing. Well, ultimately, they decided they wanted me also to try out the 3SX. And so this review is going to be over what what they call, Captron calls it the Heli Command X series of fly barless controllers. And uh, what you'll find out pretty quickly is that there's really no difference between the 3 Extreme and the 3 SX. Other than that, the SX has the capability to do the bailout. Now, you guys may also know about a uh, X-Series model called the 3 Base. Well, if you've been looking at the heli news lately, you heard that Captron recently announced, I think it was last week, that they're updating their fly barless line. And one of those updates is that the base ceases to exist. The three extreme becomes the new base uh, or uh, sort of flagship, if you will. And then the three SX is the high end. Uh, The price has changed too. And I'll talk about that towards the end of the review. Um, But yeah, I, I mean, it's been a really great experience. Um, this fly barless system, in my honest opinion, uh, is probably one of the best kept secrets in this hobby. Um, first thing, Captron really knows how to market it from from a from a packaging standpoint. Okay, you guys are probably saying to me, "Well, wait a minute, I've hardly even heard about this thing. What do you mean they know how to market it?" When you open that box, though. You've got a nice, beautiful tin with a little window that shows off the fly barless system. Um, they give you a, a pad of stickers, which I freaking love because I'm a sticker whore. I love putting stickers all over my helis. And they've also got some other really cool items in there. For example, you don't get a manual. The manual's not paper. It's a one gig USB stick. Little Heli Command USB stick. 
rubberized. I mean, it's not anything cheap. It's it's a nice stick, and it comes with the programming software and the manuals in German and English. Uh, so again, I think that's a really cool touch. That is a nice touch, man. I like that. Absolutely. Um, the the unit itself, hopefully everyone's seen. If you haven't, uh, you'll see in the written review that Dan just spoke of. We'll have that posted when this uh, episode comes out. The unit itself is made out of uh, anodized aluminum. Nice, solid uh, looking unit. It only weighs about 50 or 60 grams. Really lightweight. Uh, not large at all. And setting the thing up is really easy as well. So before I actually talk about the programming, I'm going to talk about something that's really cool uh, on mounting. Okay, so a lot of people who have messed with fly barless systems have dealt with the typical crap. The thing's not performing well. It feels mushy. I'm getting a drift or I think there's a vibration. Okay, let's go into troubleshooting mode and start changing out the, the mounting tape, right? And everyone out there has their own special mounting tape that they like the best that's always made their fly barless units work. The Extreme and the SX come with their own mounting tape, first of all. Captron's thought it through quite well. They, they come uh, with a thin piece and then a thick piece. The thin piece is for electrics. Thin pieces or, or thick piece is for nitro and gassers. Um, the, the piece of tape works really well. So I first flew it. Now, I didn't fly it on my gasser. I'm going to eventually do that, and maybe we'll update you guys on Facebook or in a future show. But I flew it on my Whiplash Electric. Not a lot of vibrations, I agree. But what I can tell you is changing out between the Heli Command supplied thin tape, uh, 3M Gray, which I think you guys all know of. It's a gray, uh, thick high density foam with the red plastic on either side, um, the clear servo tape, also some of the thicker align gel, the thing doesn't flinch. It, it just handles vibrations amazingly. I could not tell any difference in the performance. So this is really just a plug and play thing. Stick it on your heli, forget about it. You're not going to have to worry about it. As far as programming this thing, uh, you'll again, you'll see a lot of detail in the, the written review. I'm not going to go into it in as much detail as I wrote. Uh, please feel free to read through it and ask questions if you've got them uh, once it comes out. But the wizard on this unit is really great. It forces you to go through the wizard for the first time when you're setting up your heli. Um, it has eight screens. In each screen, it actually tells you, okay, now do this next. Okay, now set this. Um, so it, it really brings it down to earth for people who have never done a fly barless system before and for people who have but aren't familiar with Heli Command. It gives you tons of options. Uh, first of all, I'll hit on the one that everyone always asks. No, it's not supported by Mac. It's only Windows which sucks for those of us who are Mac fanboys, but it's okay. If you're a Mac fanboy and you're in helis, by now you probably have a copy of Windows running on your machine, right? Yes, indeed we do. So no worries. Boot into Parallel or Fusion or whatever you're using and load up the software, you're good to go. So when, when you first get into the software, what you find is that uh, it's extremely user-friendly. The descriptions are very detailed. 
very wordy. And and unlike a lot of the other fly barless systems, um, as you know, uh, a lot of them come from Germany. A lot of them uh, come from from other countries uh, where the native language is not English. And so there's always going to be a lost in translation sort of a thing going on. Uh, both the manual for the heli command and the tool tips and descriptions on the actual software really are quite good. They don't have any of those issues. Um, if you're even generally familiar with fly barless systems and the terminology, then reading the tool tips will get you from start to finish in no time. Um, so it, it, uh, it supports all your standard receiver setups, the Spectrum and JR standard receivers, PPMs, satellites. Uh, it has a satellite uh, port, one on either side, which is also a nice touch because like a lot of other systems, the satellite ports are always on one side. And so now you got to have a long cable for one to get to the other side of the heli and a short cable for the one that's on the side where you want to mount it. This one allows you to mount the heli command on the, on the helicopter and you've got a port on either side. So same length satellite lines. Also Futaba S-Bus, obviously, uh, which, which is the way that I run it myself. It has a standard, what they call a diagnose tab. This is, if you're a V-bar person, you'll recognize this. This is where uh, you go in and actually play with your different controls on the transmitter, make sure that everything's set, radio limit, zero point, sub trim, so on and so forth for each of the channels, and get, get your transmitter ready to talk to the fly barless system. And then from there, uh, you basically go on to choosing your uh, swashplate type. Uh, they have all of the standard ones supported, 120, 140 degree H3s. They've got the H4s in there as well uh, for some of the uh, different or scale helis out there. Then we move on to tail gyro. So the tail gyro menu, again, very self-explanatory. It has uh, a couple of basic parameters that you will tune those being the travel limits for the servo, the, the tail gyro gain, your yaw rate or what Heli Command calls tail agility, and then tail expo and a delay. And what delay basically is is stop gains. I'm going to probably say this more than once as I go through this review, and you will definitely read it more than once on the website, but the default values on this system are awesome, Okay. Heli Command gives us something called presets. And so when you look at the tail gyro tab, the presets that they give you are based on classic Futaba gyros. So the GY520, the GY611, the 401, and also for those of you who do scale flying, they've got a 401 version for large helis, uh, for two meter and, and larger diameter rotor discs. Uh, and when you click on these presets, it sets all of the basic and expert settings to values that that try to closely approximate the feel of those particular gyros. Now, I've personally flown a 520 and a 401 before. I had to try the presets, and I can tell you they do feel very similar. It's been a while since I've flown them, so I can't say 100%, but... They definitely do feel similar. There's a difference between the two. It's not just like you click the preset and it changes the values, but you can't tell. 
The point is that the presets are a really good place to start. So you click your GY520 like I did. Once you've set your server travel limits on left and right, it gives you your agility, it gives you your, your uh, gain, it gives you the expert settings, which are P, proportional gain, and D, differential gain. And you go out and fly, and you tune it from there. Tune your stop gains, tune up your main gain like you would on any other system, tune your agility for total yaw rate, and you're good to go. I got the tail tuned personally in about three flights to the way that I like to fly it. Uh, so that that's a big, big shout out to, to Captron for nailing that. Once you move on from tail, you've got what they call the rigid menu. That is your head gyro system, your, your uh, cyclic gains. And again, they've got presets there. They've got uh, acro. They have uh, medium size rotors, uh, 1.8 meters in diameter. And then they've got larger rotors uh, above 2.2. Again, mostly for scale stuff. I only played with the acro myself. But you click that acro preset. It sets all of your individual uh, gain settings and other parameters. You go out and fly and you tune it to your liking. You've got your head gyro gain just like anywhere else. The other cool thing that they've got, and I actually didn't mess around with this too much because my heli felt perfectly fine with the default gain slider. You can adjust aileron and elevator gains differently uh, if you feel that you are getting different responses in, in either of those axes. They've got a standard cyclic control rate agility slider, initial response, which is kind of uh, the sensitivity of the stick around center. There's a parameter called elevator filter, which effectively allows you to tune out bounces or wobbles in the elevator axis. And then uh, some additional proportional and differential gains uh, out there. So again, you know, default settings are really awesome. Set those up, fly a couple of flights, get them tuned first with your head gain, and then go back. And if it doesn't feel the way you want, start playing with some of the advanced menus. The one note that I do want to make here, and again, you'll read it in the review. I've done a lot of fly barless tuning myself. And as an engineer in my professional life, I also spend a lot of time in spacecraft systems where controls is a standard thing. And so I'm very familiar with all of the advanced control stuff. And when I see advanced parameters, I automatically jump into them. Okay, well, guess what? I burnt myself on that, <laughs> on this one. Yeah. Because I thought, well, hey, you I understand know what it. P and D gain do. Right. I'm going to go and play with those right now. Well, hold on a sec. Put your faith in the default values, man. It took me five or ten flights to realize that I had messed with the advanced parameters so much that my heli felt like crap. And I actually, it's funny, you saw this, Dan. We're at Othello, right? Right. And Dude, I was this on awesome. this tuning spree, and I'm like, Nick, go ahead and give this a try. Jesse, go ahead and give this a try. They both fly the heli, and they're like, Dude, that flies like a piece of dog shit. And that, dude, and let me tell you one thing before you go on. That was yeah. the nice version when you were out there on the flying line and they were standing around there talking. Oh, oh, I, yeah, it got graphic, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> yeah. So what what lesson did I learn? Put your faith in the default values. Heli Command has really nailed it with that. Okay, 
You click your preset for acro, go and fly the thing. Then get your head gain tuned. Then get your agility dialed in. Then get your initial response dialed in. If you've got bounces on elevator, you can play with the elevator filter, but I think you're going to find that you're probably not going to have to mess with it all that much. I clicked it. I changed it one point. Uh, so n not a big deal there. So, you know, again, whether you're an experienced fly barless tuner or you are a brand new fly barless person, this is your first unit. You've never even seen these menus before. Stick with the default settings and tune for feel. Don't get too, uh, too mental on it and start messing around with stuff that you don't understand. Okay, and so once we get the head and tail set up, right, for the extreme, that's all you've got. The SX gives you one more option, which is what they call horizon mode, and that's the, the infamous or famous bailout system. And I'll tell you, man, it is great. If you haven't gone and seen the video that Nick and I put out, please do. It's linked up on uh, RC Heli Resource. It is also on our Facebook. We can probably put a link of that in the show notes. And I'll also have a link in the written review that will be posted on the website when this episode comes out. Uh, it, it's really amazing. I, I didn't personally know what to expect. Uh, I've heard a lot of things about self-leveling and bailout on other systems, some good, some bad. Uh, suffice it to say, this is a really good one. Um, it gives you a couple of different options. First of all, it gives you what we call self-leveling. And let's, let's clarify here because there's a lot of confusion about this when I talk to people. Self-leveling is a system that takes your heli and writes it or stabilizes it into a level stable hover. Now, it could be inverted hover. It could be upright hover. And the amount of self-leveling that you get can be tuned specifically on, on the Heli Command SX. So what you can do is you can put this into self-leveling mode uh, for either upright hover or for a scale heli. Um, it's called hover and scale mode. For more sport flying, it's called normal and inverted. And you can tune the stabilization gain from low to high. And when you're down really low, it doesn't really push too hard to get the heli back to a stable flat hover. When you're up really high, it pushes super hard. We showed this in the video. I think this feature is absolutely amazing for you new guys out there who are still learning how to get, get uh, a good set of muscles, muscle memory for the heli, haven't quite mastered the stick sensitivity and what it takes to keep the thing in control, and also um, have the massive pucker factor of a five or a six or a 700 uh, heli sized helicopter uh, and the price tag that goes along with driving it in. This thing will stabilize you in a hover, will allow you basically to pick the heli up, and lock it right in front of you. It's not a position hold, just to be clear. If you do give it large inputs, uh, then it will drift, but it's going to pull itself back to a level, stable hover, and then only drift slowly in that direction. So it's not going to do everything for you, but it really does take the pucker factor out. For those of you who already know how to hover, and you're wondering, okay, well, what is this going to do for me if I'm actually a accomplished pilot. 
Um, well, whether you're sport or 3D or uh, just getting into 3D, the acro and goes to positive modes are what they call the two 3D modes. This is the bailout feature, not self-leveling, it's bailout. So the way this actually works is that uh, when you, so you usually put this on a momentary switch. That's what I did on my 8FG. It's the back right momentary switch that a lot of you guys are probably familiar with. When you flip that switch, it takes control of your cyclic and collective, okay? And it self-writes the heli depending on where the heli is in its orientation. So you go up, you do a crazy maneuver, uh, you flip the switch because you lost orientation. It self-writes itself. It says, okay, what's the quickest way to stability? Do I need to flip to inverted or I do, do I need to flip to upright? And it, it also uh, takes control of your collective and it says, okay, once I'm into that stable orientation, let me do a punch out so that I can gain this guy some altitude so then he can recover the heli and try the maneuver over again. It works really well and it works really fast. Again, something awesome that we showed on the video, Nick and I videotaped. Yeah. It's it so cool to see in person. <laughs> it it yeah. was just a trip. I've never seen I've never seen that work and, and I was shocked at how well it did. Yeah, same here, man. I you know, <laughs> not gonna lie, the first time I went up there, I was a little nervous. So it's like, I hope I set this thing up right. <laughs> if I flip the switch and my heli gets driven into the ground, I'm, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell me this. That was a, a great overview of, of the unit. But I can, I can sense a newer guy sitting here listening to our show after listening to that. And you, made, you mentioned a lot of terms that maybe they're not familiar with. When it comes right down to it, a new guy buys this unit. First helicopter, first fly barless unit. Is it going to be overwhelming or is it simply going to be go with the presets and go enjoy your flying? Okay. Good question, Dan. First off, I think it would be more overwhelming than, say, our, our, our uh, old favorite, the Beast X. Mm -hmm. Why? Because as Nick's talked about in the past, the Beast X, you pull it out of the box, you walk through a couple of pages in the manual. There's no real software. You turn a couple of pots and click some stuff on your transmitter and you're ready to go. And you just, you can't screw it up. The defaults in the heli command are, in my opinion, at the same level. Although we'll talk about flight performance in a couple of minutes. I think it's actually above BSTEX, my personal opinion. But what will be more uh, intimidating about this to a new person is that you have this software that you've got to deal with. Again, Heli Command has tried to uh, to bring that down to the new person's level by installing this wizard, which really does just walk you through things step by step and tell you what you're going to do next, what you have to do before you move to the next step. And then once you get out of the wizard, it has wonderful tool tips and a help menu that says, hey, guess what? If you've never tuned a fly barless system before, this is what you should do. Go out and do this, okay? Tune the head gain. Does it do this? No. Try it again. And it walks you through it. It's it's really, it, it's very user-friendly. So there's one thing I'm not quite clear on, and maybe you can clear that up, because I'm sure some people are thinking, and um, you know, and a lot of us are really used to the BSTEC system. 
being able to adjust Expo and all these other settings right on the transmitter, it's kind of sounding like maybe that's not possible. You have to bring your computer out with you? To tune this, you do have to bring your computer. That's true. And and that can be uh, looked upon as a downside. Absolutely. I, I personally am not aware of Heli Command having an option like, say, the V-Bar or Skookum to have a control panel. Maybe that's something that uh, they can they can work on if the listeners and the users of the unit think that that would be worthwhile. But right now, you do have to bring your computer. So if you get it tuned to where you think it's flying, there, there, what you're saying, there isn't like a transmitter mode where you can fine-tune maybe the expo. Or- ah, yes, there is. Okay, so here's the deal. You can tune the expo in the fly barless unit itself. I've never been a fan of that myself. I keep the expo zeroed out so that I can tune expo on all the channels in my radio. And gains That's how and I've got mine thing. set up. Can That's you, how you can do it. And you can do gains that way as well? Yeah. There's, um, there is a, thank you for bringing it up because I forgot to mention, there's something called real-time tuning in the heli command and what real-time tuning is it's an it's an entire tab in the software and it allows you to uh reassign the control channel that your tail gyro gain is on to any of the advanced parameters in the tail or the head menu so you can literally go in and put cyclic agility on a knob you can put uh, stick response. You can put proportional or differential gain. You can put stop gains. Uh, Revo mixing, which uh, for those of you who aren't familiar is, is uh, collective pre-comp for the tail. Any of the settings that you're able to tune in the tail or the head can be put on uh, a, a knob in your transmitter and tuned in real time. And might I add, for those of us who... Our flying futaba it makes it much, much easier to do those types of things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, <laughs> sure. and, and in addition to the advanced stuff, of course, you put your tail gyro or your head gyro gains on the, on the pots as well. So my Futaba 8FG, the LD and the RD volume knobs have my tail gain and my head gain. Once I get those locked in, you know, I'm, I'm tuning them in real time. I go do something, twist the knob a little, little bit more until I get it locked in. And then I go back into the software and throw agility up there. Tune agility a little bit. Okay, great. Go back into the software, throw stop gains on the tail, so on and so forth. And so you can systematically work your way through on the transmitter to pretty much tune everything in the system. And that's something I think is really important that, you know, we talk about how awesome and how easy BSTEX is to tune because you don't have to have a computer, but you don't have that option like with BSTEX. And I found that even, you know, tuning the SK540, I really enjoy having the ability to right. put something up on a tuning knob because you can just, you can crank it in both directions mid flight. And I don't care what anyone says, the best way to feel an immediate difference is to switch, switch the way it flies as fast as possible. Yep. Even the time it takes from to set it down on the ground, plug in the computer, change it, go back up in the air. It's, it's amazing how much the human brain can accommodate something. Right. So having the ability to just take that and be like, well, screw it. I'm going to go 10 clicks on it. And then it's just, it, it really does make those small, small, subtle changes very obvious. 
and then you can fine tune it from there. So that's, I think they really nailed a cool feature with the heli. You know, and that. I, I don't want this to come across as a disagreement because I do agree with you 100%. But I also think um, that there are, there's a large portion of flyers. And I, and I think, Nick, you, you believe this as well. But we'll find out here in a second. I think that there's a large portion of flyers out there that the Beast X is and will be a good enough fly barless unit for them. Absolutely. And and I think oh, that's yeah. important. Without I mean, a doubt. Because we, you know, Nick, you were a big Beast X guy. Oh, I yeah. am. And we can we appreciate that Beast X. So I don't I don't want the listeners to get the impression that, you know that we're all of a sudden trying to tell you that the, the <sighs> Beast X Dude, it's a fantastic fly barless unit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. They set the standard for for box settings. Yeah. And user-friendliness. Absolutely. Yeah. That being said, when you start to fly like Nick and Justin and Jesse and these guys, and I'm not there, the the ability to go in and and uh, grow into these settings, that's where the, the Beast X starts to fall behind. And that's where well, these other units are picking it up. It's kind of, I don't mean to say it in a negative way, but it's kind of getting to that point where it's like, it's last year, you know, it's old news. <laughs> it's, it's who let the dogs it's, out. <laughs> it's the macarena. Yeah. It's the macarena. No, it is. It's the vanilla ice. I mean, it's, it's over. <laughs> it's, it's done. And it's not, it's not because the beast X is bad. It's just that a lot of these other units, you know, like the heli command and Skookum and V bar is even getting this way. I mean, V bar was the, the crazy hard to tune out of all of them, right? Right. They're getting to where all of their box settings are starting to equal, you know, or come really close to what Beast X is. Right. But yet they offer so much more, like self-leveling, yep. like governors. And so that's where it's kind of... And here's like, here's what's going to choke Beast X out, I think, unless they start changing some things. The simple matter of the fact is these new units that are coming out are essentially in the same price point. Yeah. But yeah. offers so much more. Absolutely. Dude, you can't even... I mean, I'm sorry. The, the Beast X is... It's an awesome unit, but you can't compete with like, you know, like like an SK540 or even, you know, if the Icon... And we'll find out. Uh, look at the, the Icon's a great example. You've got self-leveling and a governor in it. Yeah. And it's coming out at like 229. Are you freaking <laughs> yep. kidding me? I just thought of an analogy there, guys. The Beast X and the 401. They're like the they're like That's gonna be it. the I mean the no, 401 in its true. time was a fan I mean it was the tail gyro, right? Oh yeah. And yep. and and by all accounts, even today you could still use a 401 and use it successfully and have yep. great but, but simple matter of fact is there are a lot better gyros out tail gyros that are cheaper yeah you know yep so i don't want to disparage you guys before you go on i don't want to disparage you guys the beast x i fly it i probably will fly it for a long time i know that i will eventually upgrade but if you're flying it you're loving it you're rocking it keep flying it don't worry about it yeah as long as you enjoy what you're flying that's all that counts yep and that's a good in in my opinion that's a good message to give before going into the flight performance portion okay, of the review. Should be, I don't think people should be afraid of these other ones anymore. I think that's, that's, that's kind of the point. difference. That is a good you know, it yeah, was absolutely. It was Beast X is easy. Everything else is hard. Right. That's true. It, that is it's, true. It's not 
It's just not the case anymore. Don't be intimidated by it. I read a post about that today. The guy was like, well, I just don't know. Everyone in my field flies Beast X, but I'm reading about all this stuff on, you know, like the SK540, and it seems like it has so much more to offer, but no, I'm just really nervous. Don't be anymore. Don't be nervous to try any of them. Yeah. And you know, well, that, that is, as, um, as much as that comment makes sense, because in this day and age when information and for the most part, readily accurate information is, is fairly easy to come by with, a, with you know, you got to use some filters. You got to have some filters, right? It, it was such the standard of advice. What should I fly? Well, what are the guys that you're field flying? Yep. You know, and that, that's really, for those of us who have been in the hobby for a while, that's really kind of ingrained. In fact, I'm guilty of it. When when Ed showed up at the field last year, what should I get? And I said, well, this is what I fly. This is what I think you should get if you want my help. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, okay, okay let, we'll, we'll wrap this up here pretty soon, but I just wanted to touch briefly on the, on the flight performance of the system because that's what everyone cares about. Um, again, you know, just a, just a heads up, guys. If what you're flying feels good, then stick with it. That's all that counts. Flight performance is always a subjective thing. What one person thinks their heli should feel like is completely different than another. We saw that again at Othello when Nick and Jesse and I traded helis and flew around and we all looked at each other like, whoa, dude, is that really what your heli feels like? <laughs> yeah. how, how the hell are you doing that stuff on that thing? You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just like, so it's all over the map. With the heli command, though, luckily, it's flexible in, in the tuning that it uh, allows you to do to get all over the map. So first things first, tail. Tail's always the most important for me. If you got a crappy tail, what's the point in even picking it up off the ground, okay? Um, the heli command tail, first of all, with default settings is great. It's, it's clean. It's safe. It doesn't have any odd tendencies. You should feel comfortable going into the default settings, picking it up on your maiden flight, and not having any surprises. Then you just go out and do your standard tail tuning, uh, just like you would on any other fly barless system, tune your max t- tune to max tail gain. Um, on the heli command itself, uh, what you want to do is tune up to the point where, for example, if you're using funnels or hurricanes, or if maybe you can't do those, you're using a fast forward or backward flight with a, with a quick turn, uh, a rudder turn thrown in there. Um, you tune up to the point where you start getting the buzzing, the standard, my gain's too high, turn me down tail buzzing, and you knock it down five or 10 points and you're good to go. Um, the tail is extremely smooth, but also crisp around center. Um, what I like about it personally is what I don't like about the beast X, the beast X, for those of you who have flown it. Um, and maybe you're not at the point where you can feel it. Maybe you don't notice it. Maybe you figured out a way to get rid of it. If you did, by the way, let us know. The Beast X's <laughs> Puro consistency is crappy. I mean, that thing gets going and it's whipping around back and forth. It's completely inconsistent. It throws you off in Puro maneuvers. Um, it's just, in, in my opinion, it's a mess. And I'm probably going to take crap for that, but it is what it is. Send the hate mail my way. The Heli Command does not have that problem. 
It's got a smooth, consistent, non-whippy tail, even with default settings. When you're tweaking around with the gains, I never got it to the point where I could get it to whip like crazy. Um, it, it feels, it feels like it holds strong. It just gives a lot of confidence. Um, the other thing that I think is pretty cool about it is they have an internal expo. So we were talking about this, Dan, do I tune it on the computer? Do I turn it on, tune it on the radio? I always do radio tuning for expo. For those of you who know of other systems that have tail, uh, expo in their software, uh, zero doesn't actually feel linear, does it? Nope. Uh, well, this one it does. When you set it to zero, it truly feels linear, which is great because then I can go in and tune my tail expo in the radio per the method that I'm used to uh, with that particular radio. With the Futaba, you know, when you start using a radio long enough, you know, I'm going to need about, you know, eight points or 15 or 20 points of expo. Um, with some of the others, their expo is not linear at zero, and that that can be a bit frustrating. Uh, the other cool thing about the tail, again, is unlike some other systems out there, I got it tuned to my liking in three flights once I put my faith in the default settings. It does not take a rocket scientist, even though in this case I guess it kind of did, um, <laughs> to get the tail tuned in to the way you like it. Uh, so tail... Thumbs up, Heli Command. You guys did a great job. On Cyclic, also, as I said before, default settings are awesome. You shouldn't worry about picking it up in your maiden hover and having any sort of issues. Go out first with the acro default setting if you're doing 3D. Tune your head gain. And once you get your head gain locked in, then you can start messing around with agility, stick response if you feel the need to. Uh, going back to sort of the subjective thing, I find as time goes on and I progress more, I actually like a really smooth feeling cyclic. When I first started, I liked kind of that chunky robotic cyclic. For those of you guys who have flown the style slider on V-Bar, what's it called? Um, the one that's all the way to the top. They describe it like it feels like a robot. Uh, it's uh, vital or robotic or something like uh, help me out nick what's it called been a long time since i've rigid v-bar it's just a real rigid feeling rigid that's it okay that's how i used to fly it you can get that in the heli command if you tune it correctly so if that's the the feel that you're looking for the mechanical sort of locked robotic feel you can get it i actually tuned for a nice buttery smooth i i call it you'll see in my review i call it organic Call it whatever you want to call it, but it's smooth, it's clean, it's still responsive around center. It's not it's not mushy in any way, but when you get out into the throws, the cyclic just feels nice and smooth. I got that in three or four flights of tuning. Now I'll admit I'm still I've still got real-time tuning going with a couple of the advanced parameters just to tweak around. It's fine tuning. The heli was 99% there after about five flights. And also after about 20 flights of realizing that I was screwing with the advanced settings when I shouldn't have. <laughs> so, again, broken record. Put your faith in the, in the, in the defaults. Uh, you know, flight performance for me, I think, is great. It's been a while, again, since I've flown V-Bar. I, I think uh, now that Nick's putting one on his, 
Um, I may look to either fly his in the near future just to get back to the feel or put one on mine uh, so that I can answer similar questions. It I can't say it's better or worse than V-Bar and Cyclic. I think that it is on par. I think out right now, there really isn't a fly barless system out there that doesn't nail it on Cyclic. The tail's really the bigger concern, uh, and it knocks the tail right out of the park. On the self-leveling and bailout uh, flight performance, you guys, again, I already talked about this. It's awesome. Check out the video. It is the, the acro or the 3D bailout will save you tons of money, okay? So let's, let's get on to the conclusion because I want to talk a little bit about money. First and foremost, it's an awesome system, in my opinion. The Extreme, if you just want fly barless. The SX, if you want fly barless plus bailout. I am going to be selling most of my Beast Xs, and I think I'm going to be adopting the Heli Commands. I, I'm that much of a believer at this point, especially in the bailout. I'll hold a single Beast X just so that I've got it for comparisons, but sorry, the rest of them are going to go up on the forums. <laughs> What's negative about the product? There's always something negative, right? Sometimes. Uh, for me, it doesn't have a governor. Man. Yeah. I, I mean, that it burns me a little bit, especially when I hear my buddy Nick over here bragging about how the SK540 governor kicks so much butt. Dude, it's freaking awesome. And dude, it's a clean setup and I don't have wires. Yeah, blah, 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 you blah. Saw I know, you saw it. I know. Man. <laughs> but I think I can get over that personally because what it does have is the, the bailout mode. And who yeah. knows, maybe Captron's listening and they say, okay, you guys want a governor? We'll give it to you. I can, I'll cross my fingers. I'm sure you all are hoping it too if you've, uh, if you've flown this thing before. Right now, you're going to have to deal with no internal governor. That's really my only negative. The other negative that a lot of people will probably cite is the price, right? It's super expensive. Well, like I said at the beginning of the review, the announcement that came out last week from Captron not only eliminated the base as an option, so now you just got the Extreme and you've got the SX, but it reduced the prices. The Extreme is now down to 249 so 250 bucks. That gets you just the fly barless system, again, not with the self-leveling. The SX has been brought down to 499 Okay, so let's talk about this. Four ninety nine. You got five hundred bucks for the SX. What's the difference between the SX and the Extreme that you get for the two fifty? It's only the self level and bailout. But think about this, guys. If if the self leveling or bailout saves you one crash on a ninety <laughs> size heli, it has one. paid for itself. Yeah, one one crash. Okay. Yeah. That is amazing. And I can tell you after flying the thing, it's going to save you a ton of crashes. It's going to save me a ton of crashes. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't wait to go out there and beat the crap out of the thing and watch as it bails out and just laugh. Yep, there's another 250 bucks there. That is nice. That is so, very nice. You know, if you don't want, I, and a lot of people say, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to change to Heli Command. That means I got to rekit all of my freaking fleet. Don't do it that way. Start out with an SX, pick up one if you can afford to pick up one. Put it on the Heli that you fly the most or that you want as your learning Heli, okay? And get your skills up on that. I'm telling you, the amount you're going to save by not crashing that Heli 
will be able to buy you heli commands for the rest of the helis in your fleet. It's that good. We had another theory, though, too. And, and I'll, I'll bring this up because okay. I, I think this is pretty valid. I mean, even for someone like myself, we were discussing today about your gasser. Right? Yes. And we were discussing about that just freaking awesome pipe that you want. I don't know who makes that. But do you remember what company Don, it yeah, was? Yeah, Don it? Shank. It's a, the, custom, it, it's a custom pipe that Don can do for you. And how much was that pipe? I want to say it's 300 oh right around 300 bucks. It's the one if that Doug Darby If you guys haven't seen it, go his, check right? out Doug Darby. He's, uh, he's a fellow team member on, on Team MA, and he's rocking it. Him and Mitch Pricer. It's amazing. Oh. Okay, so the combination of a mid-air gasser, which as you know, we all know, I think we can, uh, we can be fair and honest and say that's it's not going to be a cheap heli to crash. No. Um, the break-in process, if you were to crash and have an engine problem because of it, uh, the, the break-in process could suck. Well, it does suck. Why lie? Could. Yeah, right? I was going to say it does. <laughs> okay, so, and then you've got like this, you know, an incredible pipe you put on it. This is a coveted machine. This is, I mean. It's my baby, dude. Exactly. It's your baby. It's going to be that baby in the fleet. And we all know because we've all got one. Everyone who flies, once you get up into that 700 class, You've all got that one that's like your babe. For some people, it's their goblins. For other people, it, it, maybe it's their TSAs or you, whatever it is. Me personally, that's where I'd go. That's yep. where yeah, I would I think go I'm with the heli as well. Yeah. Be, because, you know, uh, to just the, oh, the thought of stuff in one of those is like, oh, money's one thing, but the amount of time that it takes to get a heli that pristine just back to perfect again is, is man, that's that's where I find that's the a, features that's, of the self of the uh, bailout just amazing. Yep. Yeah, we actually, uh, we were talking about that not too long ago. And uh, as we said, I think that that is going to be a common feature. It's going to have to be a common feature on uh, most of these new units that are coming out. Yeah. Yep. Well, heli commands definitely set the bar. I mean, uh, as far as how well it works, I, I was just blown away. Absolutely oh, yeah. blown away. I just sat there during the video going like, are you freaking kidding me? Hmm. Like, really? If, if they slap a governor on there, in my opinion, I mean, hey, Justin's doing the review, but this is just me sitting back and watching. If they put a governor on there, major player. Major oh, yeah, dude. I'm player. with you. Absolutely. Well, they've, now, got, they've got to be considering it, don't they? I mean, uh, why would you, you have to? You, I you hope have, so, man. You have to at this point because in, in a year, like just like you said, yeah. Dan, they're all going to have governors and they're all going to have self-leveling. And yeah. I didn't even, Justin brought up an incredible point the other day. The Heli Command has no accelerometers in it. Ah, thank that, you, Nick. That, that means, was the one I forgot, dude. <laughs> that means that they have got and it's it's benchmark self-leveling, okay? Benchmark bailout. This is what everything else should be compared off the heli command from what I've seen. They do Agreed. it all with normal gyros. That means that everyone else that's doing it that isn't as good, it is nothing more than a lack of talent on the people who are writing the software or writing the firmware for it. 
Yeah, and and let's talk about that a little bit more. How many of you guys have heard about self-leveling issues or bailout problems where the unit doesn't actually save you because you've got too much vibration on your unit and the accelerometers can't handle it? Yeah. This does not have that problem. They no. do it all with the three-axis gyro. It's, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So don't worry about vibes. It will bail you out wherever you are and whenever you pull the switch. Nice. Sounds like you liked it, Justin. I did. I did. Yeah. So yeah, just in conclusion, guys, wrapping up, uh, it's a great system. I really think that uh, if you were thinking about giving it a try, hopefully this pushes you over the edge. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth the extra money, um, especially for the SX if you want the bailout feature. Uh, if you guys have any questions, if you end up getting one or you just want to chat, feel free to get in contact with me at my regular Justin at RC Heli Nation email or Justin Pucci on the forums. Uh, shout out again to Danny Melnick at Demon Heli and Joachim Ufeld at Captron Germany uh, for giving us the opportunity to do this review. And uh, hopefully this uh, turns a couple more people onto the brand. Awesome. So, Nick, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and I see that you did send that goblin back. I'm not going to lie, Dan. I grew really attached to that thing. The way it flew, the visibility, the smoothness. I'm I'm kind of thinking I might have to give me one. Really, dude? You think you might get one of those? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no reason not to. You know, I think I'm going to take some time, sit down, and figure out what size is going to suit me best. Yeah, I think you should, man. They've got the Magnum, the one for the regular Joe. And then they've got the one for the little guy. So go look at their webpage and find out which one suits you best. So we're going to change gears a little bit. We uh, had an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with, uh, you guys might uh, recognize this name, David Scuttlebutt. <laughs> oh, wait, that's, that's not it. That's, that's not it, is it? No, Dave, I don't Dave, think so. <laughs> David Kettlehut. Dude, this uh, is so cool. I'm so excited. This, um, all right, David Kettlehut, Nankin Hobby, Compass also, Compass Distributor. <laughs> I like how you Nankin Hobby, Compass. <laughs> <laughs> you try, don't, don't play this out less than what it is, Dan. This is So here's, is it, it is. I got to tell you, first of all, Dave, thanks for coming on. And for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to have a conversation with Dave at a fun fly or in your dealings with Nankin or Compass, this guy is a true sport because most of you listeners know how I like to rib the Compass guys, right? So here I am uh, doing an interview with Jesse, Jesse's with us, and Dave, and I'm surrounded by two Compass people. (laughs) And... um, Dave was a really good sport. He, uh, I, I kind of, I was. You'll hear here in just a minute. I, I kind of, I, I gave him a hard time, but I've got a revelation that I'm gonna, exp- I'm gonna tell you guys about, uh, based on some of the conversations that we had at after you listen to this interview. So we're gonna go ahead and play that right now. So Jesse, I'm in hell tonight. You know that, right? I do know that. So we have with us tonight David Kettlehut of Compass fame. Nankin Hobbies, isn't it? 
Yeah, Nankin Hobbies. Yeah. U.S. distributor. Distributor of Compass. So check this shit out. You know how they say the uh, bros before hoes? Yeah. You guys are familiar with that term, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I always thought Nick had my back, right? <laughs> so here we are. We have we set up an interview with a Compass guy. And Jesse's here as well, Compass guy. And I don't have any support. Nick is, Nick's left me high and dry. So yeah, I, I'm stuck tonight. here with an interview with two Compass people, and I'm just not quite sure how I feel about that. Maybe maybe a little bit uncomfortable. You guys are gonna tell you guys are gonna (laughs) (laughs) you guys are gonna have me in tears for the end of the night. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. As I mentioned, we have with us David Kettlehead tonight. Dave, thanks for showing up. Not a problem. So most of you guys, as we mentioned, uh, you work for Nankin Hobbies. Yep. Are you like the head ball scratcher there? What do you do there? Well, actually, (laughs) there's uh, there's two stores, and they're both storefronts. And then we have the online store, which is built in the same store as our, uh, our larger one. And okay. I'm the manager of the other store. So Mike is in charge of like NankinHobby.com. And um, I mean, we talk with each other and I do like customer support on the side and stuff like that. But I don't actually work over there right now or as of right now. All right. So what do you do? I mean, are, are you like the guy that answers the phone or you guys, you can like run every? What do you do there? Um, well, I mean, like as far as the hobby shop, it's kind of like where I work is pretty much totally separate to the helicopter stuff Yeah. from like, you know, like with what I do with compass and, and whatnot. So, um, over there is basically just a hobby shop. You know, we sell RC cars, helicopters, boats, planes, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, but that, that's pretty much my day job. Okay. So and, how are you involved? Are you involved with the compass team? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm the team manager. How does one get that gig, man? How do, what do you, I mean, what do you got to do to get that job? I got stuck with it. That's what happened. Oh, you got stuck <laughs> no, with no. it. I, I, I've been with Compass for like three years. You know, if and, I, I, not to interrupt, but you know, if I got if I was working for Compass, I would probably feel like I got stuck with it too. Man, without any, never, without just, any KY or anything, man, it just never ends. It's a no, never it just, ending it, thing. Honestly, kind of just happened. Like it, it just worked its way. That like that, that's just how it went down. Okay, you know, I was um. You know, there was, there was four of us they brought on from the very beginning. And then um, over time, the other three wound up leaving. Um, the one guy just, like, stopped flying helicopters in general. And um, then when we had kind of, like, I guess you would say, like, a new wave of team members, I was around for that. And I kind of, like, took care of fun flies and, and whatnot, you know, around where we were going and coordinating it all. So it kind of just worked out that way. So, Okay. The listeners are familiar, and you and I, we talked on, on Facebook the other night, and I did tell you a little bit about, uh, and we're going to get into all the the neat stuff that you do there, but I kind of want to get one thing out of the way. I told you a little <laughs> bit about my my whole compass thing, right? And yeah, and, and yeah, it's yeah. it's all in fun. For the most part, it's all in fun. But there, there's actually another up. reason that I have not ever told the listeners why I don't like compass. But right. it's got nothing to do... With you, with Nankin, because who was it, the distributor? Common Sense RC. Common Sense RC. When I was fresh and brand new in the hobby and all gung-ho and excited about being involved and I wanted to do my part here locally. You were a Common Sense RC rep? Not at all. Here's the deal, dude. Everywhere you looked online, there was a Compass rep. So I thought, hey, I'm all about, I can't fly real good, but I'm really enthusiastic and I want to do some things to kind of grow the hobby. So I wrote him an email. Never heard back from him. 
So that's kind of where my... And then, you and I talked about this, and we're not going to mention names, because we don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy involved with Compass over in the UK. And, and I and I kind of told you that you know I had some run-ins with him. Not, well, we had some disagreements, let's put it that way. Yeah, and, so uh, did we. Well, here's the deal. We're, we're not... Here at the nation, we're not into name calling, and and you know we don't we don't we don't stoop to that level. But that dude is a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> dude, I will I will second that. I'm not gonna not gonna just so for the you. just so you know we're not gonna go into details, obviously, guys, because it just doesn't matter. It's in the past. But there was a guy worked for Compass, and uh, he was in the UK, and he was dealing with distributors in the states. And you guys might remember Compass had a little bit of an issue with distributors. What was it five distributors in five years? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, well, as I kind of suspected at the time, and they had a lot to do with this guy, and the run-ins that I had it didn't surprise me. But anyway, we'll move on from that. That's the second reason why Compass, in my mind, just and like I said, it's kind of just in fun. I mean, we, I don't have anything against Compass. I like to give Jesse shit about flying Compass, don't I, Jesse? All the all the time. What's the first question I ask you, Jesse, every time we start recording? Well, at the beginning of every show, Dan asks me if I've crashed my compass yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> that leads me to one thing. Dave, I have you to ask you. You gotta give somebody shit. That's just how it works. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't do that, right? Exactly. So, here's the thing, Dave. Have you crashed your compass this week? Uh, not this week. Oh, god damn. Ugh. <laughs> You know, yeah. the, the only good compass is a smashed up compass. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, come on. I'm only kidding. You know that. <laughs> that's I'm only giving you some crap. So, all right. Let's move on from all that stuff. We've talked, we've talked enough about that stuff. So, so as you, you might, you might be aware of this, but Jesse's involved with compass too. He's a field rep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do know that. <laughs> I figured you might, you Just might have some insight on that. So, Pretend like he's not here and tell us what you really think. He's kind of a dick, isn't he? A little dick. But yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, man. No, he's actually he's, he's a cool guy. Um, oh, yeah. He's very like in the West Coast. Yeah, I probably talk to him the most next to him and our Andy Cardinal. Um, I talk to the most, and he's always want he always has new ideas. He always wants to do something, and that's very important. You know, and definitely see that. Well, I can tell you this: uh, Jesse's fairly new to the show. I mean, he's uh, been around. For quite some time, but he's just recently kind of stepped up and and um, started doing things for the nation. And and you're right, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. We're looking forward to some great things from Jesse. Don't let that get to your head, dude. Definitely <laughs> just, not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about your compass team. How many reps do you have? I think we have. I want. I think it's 18 reps. That's not too bad. I remember at a time it was like. Outrage and Compass had like reps like three in every city. It seemed like that. I think it wasn't that bad though. No, I think it was because the forums there's there was probably like ten active reps. Oh, so it just it made it seem like they were everywhere. You know, because they they were just real active in the forums. I get you. Yeah, you know. So I mean, we I mean we do have. Then we got I think uh, twelve or thirteen pilots. Yeah. So. You know, I I I did kind of jump the gun before we go into. too much about compass let's let's first learn a little bit about you how long have you been how long have you been flying helicopters um i've been playing with helicopters since i was 16 so almost seven years now god you're young dude yeah (laughs) so did you start with helicopters 
No, I had um, I had airplanes before. Yeah. And um, I never really get to got to fly them a whole lot, you know, just because it was it was at, back when I learned you had a big gas airplane. It was a pain in the butt. You had to spend an entire day going out to the field and flying and stuff. And uh, when I turned like fourteen, I was uh, I, I got like park flyer airplanes. Right. And um, so that's when I started to get more flying. And then when I was sixteen, I, I bought the uh, the Blade CP, which was like. I hate to like talk bad about really anything, but that was just like the biggest pile of crap helicopter ever. But I didn't know it at the time because there was like nothing else out there. Right, right. You know, that's just what you at the time. If you want to learn to fly helicopters, that's what you bought. Dude, I flew that thing for like almost two years and learned to do like loops and rolls because that was about all I could do. Didn't have enough power to stay upside down. And um, then I bought um, Helimax MX450, and that was about the time when I started working at the hobby shop. And um, that helicopter was horrible. That was another pretty bad one, too, and it always <laughs> fell apart on me. And I almost actually quit helicopters because of it. Um, I had one it was, of those I, I could hardly even keep it together. It was, it was so discouraging. But um, then I bought a, a T-Rex 500, and that was when I was, uh, I think, 17. It was that, that summer. And uh, that's actually when, when things started progressing because that helicopter, you know, it did really well. You know, and I was able to fly it around, and it, it worked for me at the time, and... You know, I just went from there. Sounds real good. So other than uh, your typical starter, Heli's, um, you know, like you mentioned, the blades and whatnot, what was your, say, first 50 size? And was it nitro or electric? Well, I went from a 500 to a T-Rex 700. Okay. That was, um, I was going to get a 600, and then I was just like, for like 500 more dollars, you know, I can get a 700, and why wouldn't you? I'm already spending, you know, $1,800. You know, sure. Sure. Spend twenty two hundred. Besides that, seven hundred are so much more cool. Yeah, and that was um, that was sweet. That was at that point I, I was eighteen, and that was when I was starting to pick it up a little bit more. So you were fairly young. Family, brothers, dad. What, who was somebody in it, or did you just just did it? Just I um, on your own. Okay. I worked. I worked at the hobby shop. You know, uh-huh. so I pretty much like you know I got the discount there. Then I spent pretty much my paycheck on that. And then I actually, I started, I, I worked with Ford. I did freelancing with them and I made a, a pretty decent chunk of change for like a, just a couple times. And I bought a T-Rex 700 with that. And my parents were so pissed. It's, it's pretty <laughs> but, That um, is awesome. And so that's, that's cool though, man. You know, we've, we, we've, so many people have been down that same road. They start with a very kind of relatively inexpensive helicopter and, uh, it, it's a good thing, though. I'm not. I'm not necessarily against those helicopters, even though we all know those of us who are in the hobby can under, can appreciate the. Their, you know, from a quality yeah. standpoint. Well, I just I just didn't have a choice. Well, yeah. You know, if I wanted to fly helicopters, like this was like you know what I could afford. You know, at the time. So tell like, me this: were there were you like uh, kind of the solo heli guy, or did you have like a group of people you could fall back on? Solo heli guy. Yeah, um, let's see. Well, actually, I had um. A gentleman, he actually, he works at the online store right now, too. There's two mics there, but one of the mics, he was the manager at the time. And uh, he was into helicopters. And um, I tried to, you know, I see what he would do and, you know, see what he would, like, try to learn in the simulator. And I tried to learn what he would learn and went from there. So, I mean, I kind of picked up after him, you know, a little bit. But um, he wound up uh, leaving that store a few years ago. Yeah. But I mean, outside of that, like, you know, we didn't really, we didn't really fly together until we had like T-Rex 700s. But, um, before that it was kind of just on my own. Yeah. That's kind of the way I was as well for quite some time. Uh, yeah. There was nobody, nobody. And there's still really here locally. Uh, well, 
three of us, you know, yeah. and I've been out of here for four years and uh, I just can't, it's just, uh, it's an expensive hobby. And where I live, you know, there's just not a lot of people that have uh, a lot of expendable income, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's hard to, uh, hard to justify a helicopter when you got to feed kids, I guess. That's the beauty of never getting married. Keep that in mind, Jesse. That's Yeah, that's what they tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Although it hasn't seemed to stop Justin or Nick. <laughs> yeah, I haven't quite figured them out yet. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still trying to find their secret. They're yeah, keeping it, they're keeping it pretty well hidden. Yeah, I think it's all the drugs they're selling on the side. It's it's got to be something. So don't they make a trip once a month down to Mexico and bring a truckload of illegals back? Right. Selling <laughs> 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 off to slavery. I, uh, INS is going to be following them now everywhere they go. All right, <laughs> so now here we are. Presence, you've been working at Nankin now for four years. You said. Um, Five. sir, we're about 17, so oh, five. That's right. You've got, you, we talked a little bit about the, the rep team and then how many actual sponsored pilots do you guys have? Um, like a full, full well, sponsor. I mean, full, full sponsored pilots. I we have four. Yeah. And they, they do a lot of traveling for you and go yeah. to events and all that good stuff. When are you going to yep. give Jesse a full sponsorship? <laughs> you know, he's a good pilot. You know that, right? I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, he is. He is going to be a really good pilot. Um, I saw in the last video I saw with uh, was probably over the summer. I think you were showing me one. Yeah, it's been a while since I put a video out. Somebody put a video up of Jesse flying not too long ago up in uh, Spokane. It's not. I mean, it's uh, it's it's not really a, a it's it's kind of far away. You know, they they were standing quite quite a ways away, but. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, you know, I just thought I'd put you on the spot there. It's kind of what I do here, dude. <laughs> That's your job. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about some Compass helicopters. Of course, everyone talks about the 6HV. Been out a while now. What, three years Mm -hmm. now? Two and a half years? Three years? Three years. I I had one of those once, dude. Yeah. I never took it out of the box. Really? Yeah. I also had a 3D Plus, and uh, I did fly that one. And I had a Compass Knight. We're old school there. Knight's a really nice helicopter. Yeah. Do you prefer, obviously you fly a lot of electrics. Do you prefer yeah. electrics? Um, at the end of the day, yeah. Um, it's kind of, it's honestly tough. Like my 3D plus I have is fly barless. I absolutely love flying it and I fly the crap out of it until I have to do maintenance on it. Yeah. And then it sits for like, I can't even tell you how long, you uh-huh. know, until I finally decide to, you know, change everything out. And, you know, that's when my electrics just keep going and going and going. I'm not, you know, turning bolts or anything. It's just like, this is, this is sweet. Yeah, I can. I totally can appreciate that, dude. I've I've got two Alliance seven hundreds, and and uh, one of them has been sitting for about three months. Well, no, not that long. Since, since uh, oh shit, a month and a half, I guess. Since Othello, I guess. Yeah. Just there's maintenance to be done, and I just can't be bothered. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's difficult when you have helicopters that don't need maintenance that fly better or just as well. So let me you ask know. you this question: You prefer the electrics? Do yeah. you uh, do you prefer them because it masks your uh, lack of collective management because of all that power? Uh, <laughs> to tell you the truth, no. Okay. Um, it, <laughs> no, I believe it or not, I actually do have collective management. When I'm at home, I actually fly with pretty low head speeds to get yeah. flight time because I'd never had a gen. I just got a generator like a few weeks ago. So like when I would go out to fly somewhere, I never really had a whole lot of time. So I would just bring two packs and it was uh-huh. like, you know, I got my one seven HV with, you know, 25, 40 RPM to the head. 
you know, it's a freaking awesome two minutes and 45 seconds, but, right. you know, you're just getting warmed up right after that. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that was quick. So I'm, I'm sure you you've know? noticed it. I'm sure you've noticed the trend. It seems like the trend there for the last uh, couple of years has been to just pump that head speed up, but it's starting to go down now. People are starting to appreciate the lower head speeds. You've noticed? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I even on my 17HV, I have it set up um, to do uh, 1,400 RPMs. And uh, flying like that, I can do reversals, and I can get it around just fine. I get six and a half, seven minutes of 3D, you know, and to me, that's, that's I'm awesome. really happy with that, you know. We, we, we had a conversation with Colin Bell one time, and he was like, you know, if you really want to separate the pilots, if you really want to separate those who can truly fly and those who can't, you know, just stick them behind a, a Raptor 60 or one of these, <laughs> one of these old 60 nitros that uh, were heavy required precise collective management. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you just see that trend, you know, and, and Nick talked about it a, a week or two ago on one of our shows. I, I just need that. I'm ready for that next step. I'm ready for that power. I need that power. Well, you're, you're bogging it, dude. So. Yeah. No, I, I'm uh, I actually, I'm happy about that. I actually, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy watching somebody with a lower head speed that is just doing very deliberate precise 3d yeah no i i truly I, I truly do appreciate that too yeah you know it's it is enjoyable you know what i mean you look at someone's flying you see all their different orientations how precise they are coming in that maneuvers it's, it's really cool to see that you know like i mean probably like i would say about all my videos have been just for the most part like stick banging high head speed just having fun and when I go to fun flies, it's kind of just what I do. You know, right. Like, well, you know, it's, yeah. lo- it's loud. It's fun. You know, you get an adrenaline rush from it. It's cool. You know, but. Well, let's face um, it. It draws the crowd. You know. It, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, I mean, and I, I really enjoy flying like that too, though. You know, it's, it's a ton of fun. You know, just getting the helicopter to go by at 100 miles an hour. It's a blast. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at home, though, I usually fly just with low head speeds. But We got to talk about the warp. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> So there's been a few hiccups with the release of the warp and nothing to do with Compass uh, directly, I guess. It has to do with uh, suppliers for a few other parts that are involved mm-hmm. with the Compass. Yeah. Is that still on track? Can we still, we still, I mean, I got a bet, you know, you got to help me out here. I got a running bet with Jesse over here, right? You got to hear about the scale of fuel. That's what I've been told. Oh, you've been told about the bet. Oh. I have. So, you know, this is a pretty serious stakes here, man. Yeah, it's, it's big no time. Joke. It's a gallon of nitro. And so. the bet is, uh, of course, the listeners are familiar. The bet is, is is it is the warp going to be out before the calendar year 2012 ends? Oh, absolutely. It would, it would take, I don't even know what it would take to make it happen after that. Yeah. But all the, all the helicopters are built. They're all ready. They're all in their boxes. But they're all, I, we have, uh, we only got 250 canopies right now. And we need a lot more. We really underestimated the amount that we would need. And mm-hmm. we were told it was going to be able to be done in a certain amount of time. And it's been way after that. So well, shit, dude, you, can, uh, canopies. you can send me one. I don't need a canopy. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time someone said that to me. Seriously. I wouldn't <laughs> need to work in anything anymore. But uh, yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, that's, that's pretty much where it's at. You know, Sebastian just got. Um, a couple of kits to test for quality control, you know, making sure, sure, you know, all the screws there, all the bolts, all the nuts and stuff like that. So if you're missing something, you can blame Sebastian. Just letting you guys know that. <laughs> so what does, what, what do you guys hope to accomplish with releasing this uh, smaller helicopter? Is, are you guys trying to break into that smaller market? 
I mean, is that, um, are you trying to dominate it? What do you, what do you think? What do you think it's going to do for Compass? Right now, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's tough to say, like, you know, as early as it is right now, but it truly does have the potential to rewrite kind of what 450 size helicopters can do. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's always going to depend, you know, with the customers that have it, because, you know, what I think of something or what other team pilots think of something can be very different, you know, but, um, so far with the, the rigid head, um, it's so precise, it's extremely quiet, um, it's just point and shoot, you know, and it tracks extremely well, it flies very big. My favorite part is the durability of it. Right. Um, for production, we went with 1.5 millimeter frames, and that's what I have in mind right now. It added a little bit of weight, but the durability of it went up significantly, and um, when I was flying, I, I was flying it at 1800 RPMs, and I would get... Uh, 11, 12 minutes of flight time with it. Wow. Yeah. You know, nice. it was just like, I mean, it was like flying an MCPX, but it was a blast. But I, I would literally, like, sometimes I would just lose it. You know, I mean, just, you have to be in your game. And it would go in, and I would just go over there, pick it up, spread the blades apart, and start flying again. And I probably did that three or four times, but there's not much mass behind it at that point. Right. So but, tell um, me this. Is that Compass, is it a true 450, or is it more of an extended 450. It, it's more of an extended 450. It, it's a three, 350 millimeter machine or 350 millimeter machine. Okay. So, and it's a uh, native six cell, right? I mean, it comes to you yes. ready to go. For, and it, I, don't, I don't, there's no other manufacturers doing that at this point, is there? I mean, um, if you want to turn your 450, right you got to just kind of do it yourself. Yeah. Like goes, the Outrage, they had their, uh, the G5 that's that right. was designed around it. But I think they were the only people that really designed for that. Um, Rave had that, but I think most people ran 3S or 4S. Yeah, I had a Rave. Yeah. I did. It was a 4S. Well, well and, and didn't Compass design a motor as well to go with it, right? So it's like a, yeah. a package deal. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the motor is um, the motor's plenty powerful. Like, it's, uh, and it runs, mine runs pretty cool. The, uh, the only thing that bothers me about it is when you spool it up, it sounds like it's, um, the way the magnets fire, I, I forgive the reason why, but for the whining, the way the magnets fire, the motor has like a it almost sounds like it's vibrating the very second that you start it, um, oh, like okay. just after cogging. But then all of a sudden, it just like goes perfectly smooth. But it's, I guess it's the way the magnets fire on it. So, so is like this it, motor a rebranded, or no, is this no, like this is, a motor that was made for Compass? This was uh, Sebastian designed it, and okay. it's made in, in Compass House. But um, the performance of it's great. I mean, even at the, the low head speeds and stuff, the the biggest reason I guess why they had to do the the magnet layout though was so it it worked better with the uh, like the YG speed controls and Contronic. Right. That was uh, that was one of our big deals. We wanted to have all speed controls working with them. So I, to be honest, I I've seen a few pictures of it. Um, I you know I can remember when uh, we first started seeing some maybe SolidWorks renderings stuff mm-hmm. like that. A lot of people were calling it the Mini Chicken Hawk, and of course in reference to the TDR. Yeah, it, it does kind of resemble the TDR, doesn't it? The landing gear does. Is that does that will, the once you take the landing off, gear? Is what totally throws it away. Because I mean, if you if if you really look at it, like at the two helicopters, and you like say, okay, motor placement, servo layout, battery tray, Hold you know, and you start saying where are all these things at, they're all in completely different spots. You know, the belt drive. You know, it's a dual belt drive. Has no boom supports. Um, the only thing that's actually from a TDR, which I guess Sebastian asked uh, uh, Jan if they could use, or no, not from not from TDRs, from Diablo, I think. Okay. Or no, it was TDR. Whatever. One um, one of the two. Yeah. The uh, the <laughs> elevator, um, the support 
is a, it's a, basically a Delrin tube that goes between aluminum on the, uh, the upper um, bearing block instead of having an anti-rotation bracket. So let me, uh, you've obviously, you've heard of the Align DFC head. Yeah. You know what DFC stands for, right? Uh, there's a few different names for it, I guess. Direct from Compass? <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> that was a pretty popular one. Yeah, I remember that one, run, running around the forums for a while. Yeah. G- give me a date, man. We want to know when... Uh... The warp? Yeah, come on, man. All right, well, pretty much... Don't, don't leave us um, hanging, dude. Dude, I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. Um, pretty much they're going to start shipping Compass's factory on the 15th. Okay. And throughout the next two weeks after that, as more canopies come, they're going to be shipping more and more kits out. And then those should be on their way to Nankin, um, the German distributor, and, <clears throat> you know, the rest of them. Right. Um, I'm not exactly... I'm, I'm pretty sure it fills all of our pre-orders. Um, that's kind of... We're going to wait for it until they do. You know, we don't want to fill just part of them. But... Um, Have you guys uh, listed a an MSRP on that, or...? Yeah, it's um for the the motor and blades kit. It's a uh, three ninety nine, and then for just um the airframe, I can't remember if it comes up as blades or not. It's like three nineteen or something. Man, that that just does not sound very expensive. I, I don't no. really know much. Compasses really aren't that expensive to begin with, though, are they? I mean, in the no, grand scheme no, we, they're they're pretty undersold for their uh, for their retail price. So here, here's one thing, and we're kind of, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of just jumping around as things come to my mind. But you know, I, I, um, I spent a lot of time in the Heli Freak chat room. Mm-hmm. A lot of Compass guys in there, and I actually saw you in there the other day. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that I hear a lot of the guys talking about when it comes to their Compass is the low parts count, very easy maintenance. Yes. Obviously, that was designed, you yep. know, form and function. Can you give us an idea? This is gonna be. This is gonna. This is a real relative question but in your experience when when you do have a crash do you, is there like a is it an, generally an expensive crash you know how people are always trying to say oh yeah oh the I, average I crash you, you know what i'm talking it. about <laughs> yeah I, um i don't i don't want to say i crash often but i crash enough to have a good idea of what <laughs> you know the helicopters really go through and um i've had two bad crashes that still weren't re-kits, but I would say, like, like wow, that really sucked. You know, but they were pretty substantial crashes. Like, I, you know, you couldn't complain. It was, it was one of those that were that bad. But yeah. uh, all my crashes, I mean, like, after I tally it up, it's, it's really not that expensive. Um, you know, can, comparing a lot of other brands, you know, just like the, the, the frame layout in the 7HB, for example, the lower frames are um, two pieces. Right. Or like the upper frames, then you have your lower frames, and when you crash, you always break the lower frames. You know, if you're ever going to break frames, um, it's just like on all helicopters. So when you break the frames, you just replace the lower parts of it, and you're not spending you know seventy five bucks a side, or you know on one side you're just spending I think it's like forty. Yeah, so it's uh, I mean it's and they're they're durable machines. I mean they they go through a lot. Uh, you guys go to a lot of events, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, you guys go to Urcha. You do all the big ones. Oh yeah. Are you guys gonna? Do you guys head out to the West Coast uh, events? Do you guys like yeah, uh, Snohomish? Yeah, I went to California. Oh, did you go to Heli Freak? Yeah. How was that, dude? That sounded like that was a lot of fun down there. Oh yeah, dude. It was uh, me and Eric Brandenburg went out, and um, dude, we had just had an absolute blast. Every time I go out there, I've gone there since my third year, and I just have an awesome weekend. Everyone's really cool. Everyone's really laid back. Um, I mean, it's just it's just fun. And you and you, you got know? to hang out with Tony Whiteside. We love Tony Whiteside here at the Nation, by the way. Oh yeah, dude, Tony. Tony's one of my really good buddies. Uh, 
in his hobby and just in general. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a really yeah. good guy. So you, you, there's a lot of support from that group of the hobby, the the Heli Freak. There's a lot of lot of Compass guys over there, mm-hmm. and uh, it's fun to go into the chat room and give them crap about it. <laughs> they uh, they've always they always ask me why, Dan, why? it's just fun you know once you find a you know i had a group of friends and i found that every time i said something kind of derogatory about compass it really pissed them off and so i just kind of kept doing it it's like perfect found the weak spot so a couple a couple of weeks ago we had a, a show on heli safety and the the whole spotlight flying night flying mm-hmm. uh what what's your what's your take on that i mean you know, I'll spotlight fly any day over a night rig. Like right now, I, I've been, I bought two spotlights. Tony Whiteside's the guy that got me into it. And I've been doing it for the past couple of years. And um, I honestly think it's a lot safer. The only way that it's not safer is if you're using, uh, you know, crappy lights, you know, which some people do that. And I, I don't think that's right. Like, you know, we're totally against that. Right. You know, but we all have uh, 10 million can of power flashlights with um, HID light bulbs and uh, 4S lipos connected to them. You know, so, yeah, so these spotlights mean business. I look, mean, you get four of them, and they just lights up the sky. Let me give you, a, let me give you my impression of that, because this is what I've found every time I've seen spotlight flying. It seems to me, and we actually mentioned this on the show, it seems to me that um, it, when you, the, you know, in the daytime, we're all, we're all really cognizant of, of where the pilot is in relation to the pits and the spectators. Mm-hmm. seems to me at night, for some reason... Uh, less visibility, the crowd seems to get closer to the pilot. Have you noticed that? That that does happen sometimes. Um, but when we do like spotlight shows, we're pretty admin about having everyone step back. I mean, we, I have been to fun flies where it has been like really loose and everyone's just you know hanging out and stuff like that. But we're all very aware of it, you know. So you know, we, we um, Nick actually brought up a point when we were talking about this. It kind of makes sense to me now. First of all, let me tell you, I would never volunteer to be the dude that holds the spotlight because I, that's a huge, in my mind, that's a pretty big responsibility. Yeah. What do you think? Should you be particular about, I mean, are you particular about who holds your spotlight when you do a night fly? I mean, here's the deal. I, I, I'm assuming that neither of you guys have actually been to an event where you've seen spotlight flying happen. Yes, I have. Yeah, we have. Yeah. Okay. Um, were they like using good spotlights? Several of them. Okay. Well then never mind. Um, because like a lot of time, like people like they when you look on camera and you see them on YouTube, it's very it's a very bad example because the the cameras usually filter out all the light outside of the helicopter and just picks up the light off of it, so it's really hard to see. Right. But like when you're actually going out there and seeing, it's a lot easier to fly with. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one, man. I, I and look, I'm not against it. I'm not I'm not here to to say oh you can't do that. It's not my thing. I mean, it, you know, I, I just. I have found that when I'm at a fun fly and they start to do that, I enjoy it from a distance. Okay. Um, well, I, th- I think another point that we brought up was, as you're saying, it's important who holds the spotlight. I mean, you want the person holding the spotlight to obviously be another pilot and another pilot that knows your flying style so you don't do anything that they're not expecting. Or at least is familiar with what the hell he can do. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, literally, honestly, I, I've, had, I've had people hold spotlights that have never flown a helicopter. You know, if you can watch a helicopter, you can keep a spotlight on it. You know, it's just as easy as looking at it. If you can follow with your eyes, you can follow with your hands. You know, dude, you I've, got- had, I've had friends do it, you know, hold spotlights. I mean, I've gone out and been like, all right, everyone grab a spotlight. And they're just like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yep. 
you know, it never, never been bad. But here's the problem, dude. I have sometimes a hard time following my helicopter with my eyes in the daytime. When you're flying it. <laughs> when I'm flying it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, well, if, if you don't feel that you're safe oh, to fly no, at no, night, no. then you shouldn't fly it. Oh, absolutely. You, you know what? You know, it's as simple yeah. as that. And that's, that's just something that's a judgment call. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's just... <laughs> the reason I think Jesse brought this up is because it was pretty... Uh, it was a topic that really kind of sparked... Uh, well, quite a bit of feedback from listeners, and um, you know, there, there's a, there's the guys, and kind of like the side I fall on, you know, I, I fall in with. It's like, you know, guys, we're we're one serious accident away from our hobby being changed forever. You know, one one serious accident gets the spotlight, and you know how the government is. Mm-hmm. You know, they're in there, get they're 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 ready to pounce on. On uh, your fun anytime they can, or if they they think it's maybe they can get some well, kind of attack. Well, let me out ask you this: how many how many accidents have you heard happen in the daytime? Uh, all of them. all of them. <laughs> so why you know so why are people so afraid to spotlight well, it, flying? It's it's not that they're afraid. It's just that there was an incident at Snohomish. Yeah, that was that could have potentially. I mean, literally, what, what Jesse? A couple feet away from. Oh yeah, so it could have been fatality. I don't know if you heard about it, but basically what happened was some there was big construction lights set up that someone was flying in. And basically he wanted to go higher than the construction light. So someone threw up a spotlight. Um, miscommunication. Somehow the spotlight went out and the heli just completely disappears. The pilot has no idea where it is. And it ends up hitting about 30 feet behind him, going through one of those pop-up tents and pretty much driving a table six to eight inches into the ground. Yeah. See, that, that's bad judgment, though. That is bad you judgment. Know? But here's the deal. Yeah, Here, yeah, here's exactly. the deal. Here's, here's kind of what I think. And look, I, you know what? You guys, Jesse, Nick, you, Dave, all these guys, you guys can fly the shit out of a helicopter. There's no question. And I don't doubt that you guys have the ability. But look, you know, if something bad were to happen... um. And they they like wow these things seem to be they in the daytime they're kind of a handful what the heck you guys were adding a third element of <laughs> darkness yeah. what are you guys thinking oh my gosh we're gonna get the lawyers in on this and the next thing you know anyway it's I mean it's just kind of an interesting topic and no it's it's fun to talk about you know what I mean because it's it's really cool because where I live um you know I live outside of Detroit and um it's starting to get really big over here now sure. I have there's about um six or seven guys that have all bought spotlights now and I don't even have to bring mine when I go, you know, and everyone, everyone's starting to get down and everyone's trying it, you know, and people will go up. It's like, we've had, you know, had a couple guys that have gone and fly and they're like, I'm not comfortable and they land and that's it. You know what I mean? They're just right. like, I just don't like it. Right. And that's fine. You know, I, I like for me personally, cause I, I actually don't have very good eyes. Um, flying with a night rig actually starts making me tear up really bad. And um, I have a really hard time focusing on it. Um, depth perception gets worse. Um, whereas with spotlight flying, it's a lot easier on my eyes and I can tell depth a lot easier. So that was, that was the main reason why I kind of, you know, like that more that. And when you crash, you, when you crash a night rig, you want to cry. You're just like, Oh my God, that's like $300 <laughs> yeah. right there. Just well, and I was lights. just, I was just going to say, I mean, if you're going to do it, uh, you know, my gosh, I, by the time, I mean, if you're going to do the night thing with all the LEDs and all the fancy mm-hmm. stuff. You gotta just pretty much dedicate a helicopter to that. You do. You you really do. 
It's it's too much work. Yeah, it's for those of us like me and you, Dave, who don't even like to do maintenance. Jesus, man. Exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, geez. Now, I, one of these days, I'm going to give it a try. Because, you know, I, I have never tried it. Um, helicopters, you know, I just it just kind of spooks me to think that um, somebody is going to make a bad judgment call and it's going to affect us all. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, the, honestly, the way that I look at it, like, I think at nighttime it makes it stand out more because, you know, it's at nighttime. It but is cool as hell. I'm not. In, I'm not going to deny it, dude. But in the in the daytime, there's been so many more accidents, and at night, every time there's ever been some close, like something close to being an accident, whether there's spotlights or generally actually spotlights, the lights stay on it. You know, people start yelling, people start saying what's going on, and people look up and they're like, "It's right there. It's lit up." It's not like it's in the daytime where there's 20 helicopters flying. Yeah, and you don't know which one. At you. You're just like, "Oh crap!" and you don't know where to duck, run left, right. <laughs> You know, you're just confused, and I've had that actually happen to me. Yeah. So where in the daytime, I, I just heard, you know, yelling. I heard a helicopter coming at me, and I didn't know which way to go. You know, I didn't it, – it, it only takes a half second for that thing to travel oh, to absolutely. feet. Absolutely. You know, so at nighttime, if there's a spotlight pointing at you, freaking duck. <laughs> you know? I, I agree. But, I mean, that you got a good point there, and that does – it does thin it out a little bit, and it does – uh, you know, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just no, uh, there isn't. you guys got to use your judgment. I mean, if you're exactly. not, if you're not comfortable doing it. Yeah, you got absolutely. You got to be responsible. You got to consider with everything. You got to consider <laughs> so many people go out there and they try to do what David Kettlehut is doing and they just don't have the skills to do it. That's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? That's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you, you got to You got to fly within your limits. And I know that my limits are not flying at night. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll do it if you stand right next to me. Will you stand right next to me? Yeah. Yeah? Stand behind you. Come on, dude. <laughs> no, what do you, I mean, like, do you have, do you have like a Nano or like a 130X or something? I've got a MCPX. Oh, okay. I mean, so, oh, you're telling me, oh, I got you. Yeah, I'll do the night flight, dude. Bring that MCPX out here. That's what yeah. you're telling me, right? Yeah. yeah go to hell. You gotta start somewhere. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> so let's move on to a different topic. Well, we got right. you here. Yeah, you're obviously what I mean. You're you're all about the hobby. It's what you do, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, give me your idea. Tell me what is the next big thing in RC helicopters. And I'm not talking about specific models. I'm talking about technology. What do you see that? Where do you see that being? I think uh, the next big jump. I think I can see something happening with like collective pitch quadcopters. And that kind of opening a new window with now, uh, aerobatics and stuff. Oh, man. Dude, we don't talk about quadcopters here. No? No, come on, man. All right, I'm, I'm good with that then. Jeez. Come on. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would probably say see another another leap in battery technology. Yeah, um, what do you see happening? I mean, because, I mean, you could. It's not going to get a whole lot better. You can kill I, a person with a battery. Yeah, what, what more do we need? Just uh, you know, probably longer capacity. flight times. Yeah, just higher capacity. I mean, the thing of it is the batteries are out there. They're just way too expensive or they're not safe. Here's the deal, dude. Cold fusion. Mark my words. Yeah. Cold fusion powered helicopters. Fly for Fly years. forever, man. You just you never <laughs> even have to stop. What's flight time? Oh, I don't know. I've been flying like for 18 days 1400 now. 1,400 years or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, actually, we, we've actually been talking about that a little bit. And we've decided, I think collectively as a group uh, between yep. the four of us, that that um, we've kind of determined that we think the next big uh, advancement is kind of uh, revolves around fly barless, and that is the standard. Next year, or maybe the year after, 
the standard for fly barless is going to have to is going every fly barless unit out there is going to have to have some type of self leveling. I think so. I think so. I think it's going that way. Look at how popular that's getting, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What I, was I've it? Seen, the the self leveling. I've never seen as many people have it like super successful though. Well, that's the thing. Because think back um, just a few years ago when we first started doing this show, the first version back in uh, late two thousand, early two thousand ten. Yeah. That was kind of the year of the flybarless. I mean, think about that. I mean, because we had these flybarless. I mean, of course, Mikado's been at it for for a while, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the four sucked, right? You you did it. You flew it. I'm I, sure. I never. I, I've flown it before, but I never owned one. Yeah, because you didn't want to read that sixty eight PDF, sixty eight page PDF <laughs> to set it up. Well, I yeah. did, and it wasn't all that in my in my limited flying ability way. I didn't like it. I mean, a lot of guys were using it. And don't you remember back then? Everybody had a fly bar. Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it just, it was like we woke up one morning and all the fly bars were, you know, skewering meat on the barbecue grill. Yeah, I had my first experience with fly barless was so horrible. I um I had the Rondo was my first unit I ever had. <laughs> that was a compass thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And no one, no one told me that it didn't work. <laughs> So <laughs> I spent like two months trying to get this thing to fly, and I was just like, "Wow, like this is horrible." And I just, I just didn't know any better. I kind of had that you know? same. It wasn't a Rondo. It was uh, the original 3G. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's was, what that I started another, with. Yeah, I, I bought Sorry. it. I when I when they first became available, I called up Heli Pros, and I said, "As soon as you get one, here's my credit card number. Charge it and send it to me." And I was so excited because I had a 500 at the time. Never, I could not get it off the ground because every time I went to, it wanted to tip. It wanted to tip. And I, and I actually quickly thereafter tried V bar 4.0. Didn't, didn't like it. I tried the beast X original beast X. Didn't like it. Uh, tried the total G tried to, that uh, was it the Skookum the first yeah, Skookum. 720. Yeah, the the one where you had to have your own tail. Oh, 360. Yeah, the one where you had to add your own you had to still have your own yeah. tail gyro. Yeah. And um tried a few others, just didn't didn't like them. And I, I went I kind of went balls out and got them for everything. And then I just I literally had to swap everything back to Flybar and I, I just was reluctant. I was and I even created a little spoof for our show called Save the Flybar. It's kind of like a public service announcement. Yeah. You know, it was just like whining Sally Struthers talking about saving the fly bar. And, um, but then I jumped on the bandwagon with the 3.0 release of uh, V-Bar or uh, Beast X. Never look, never look back. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we think, and I, and I agree with Nick when we, he made that prediction. Actually, when he was talking about it, I was thinking it. I think he's onto something. I think you know you you're seeing the the a lot of the newer units come out with some type of self leveling. Is it good? Is it bad? I don't know. That's debatable. We've talked about that as well. Um, I guess it's all in how you use it. <laughs> you can use it recklessly, or you can use it how it's intended to be used. And like yeah, you said, how how reliable are they going to be? You know, it's hard to say. We're going to find out. We're going to be doing some yeah. testing on some. I'd, I'd like to see more reliable electronics, but I know that's. You know, it's there's always going to be that two percent. Check this out, dude. Wi-Fi wireless servos. That's huh? 
Nice, I, huh? When I hear that, though, I think a delay. <laughs> Come on, man. Get off my cloud, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would, it would definitely be cool. You know, Bluetooth. You know. There you go. That'd be nice. That, that, that's, uh, there's something for you to work on, Jesse. You can, you can develop and then perfect that. What if I got, I got one. What if you just completely got rid of the receiver and each servo had built in uh, receiver and then so you can program each individual servo, but then you need power still. So that kind of still defeats that purpose. Yeah, but that's, that'd be cool though. I do kind of like that idea. You can have like, you ever seen like that, uh, that cell phone, um, charging thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where you just lay your cell phone right on it. You had your frames charged. I'm going to employ your helicopter to shock yourself. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think the juice running through to charge those batteries might be a little much. <laughs> I'm, I'm just joking. No, you're not. You're serious. I, I can tell. I can tell by the smile on your face, and I can't even see you. <laughs> if it works, I'm serious. That's what I mean. <laughs> ah, okay. There you go. Nice. That's a nice <laughs> clarification there. <laughs> I don't know, man. There, there's a there's a lot of cool things that that I think we we'll be seeing. It's it's a it's a pretty exciting time to be in the hobby, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I think honestly, I think the biggest step that I've seen in this hobby in the past couple of years has been the advancements in the micro helicopters. Oh, absolutely, um, dude! That has brought in so many more people. It's ridiculous. I was able to. Uh, I sold my cousin my MCPX, and I was just like, dude. I was like, you want to learn how to fly this helicopter? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like. We're just going to pound out flights, and I'm just going to tell you what to do, and you're going to do it. And, uh, dude, I had him, like, flipping and rolling by Sunday, and uh, he picked up on it so fast, we probably were getting 75 flights in a day. Just wow. constantly, you know, just got six batteries going all the time. And, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, like, you could never do that five years ago, you know, with your Raptor 50. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. To and flip it over and go inverted for five seconds, you were like, that, you know, you had to build up for that. Yeah, well, and that's just it. Even, even just as, as short as just a few years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I started with a Vibe 50. Well, well, my first, I guess, real, I did start, I had had a, uh, Helimax X400, I think it was called, mm-hmm. for about seven seconds. Um, but I did get a Vibe 50 right when I realized that I needed a better helicopter. I didn't know why. I just knew I needed a better helicopter. So I bought a Vibe 50. And I bet you I crashed that thing the first 30 days I had it. I bet you I crashed it 32 times. Oh, my God. That sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. every day I'd come home with... They weren't necessarily bad crashes. You know, typical Tip new over. stuff. Strip, stripped gears. It was torque tube. You know, broken landing struts. Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, these today to get into the hobby, and that was just uh, what four years ago. Yeah. To, to get into the hobby now is so much more user friendly. I know, like I, I can't believe it. I'm like, man, you guys are so lucky. You can buy a nano. I was like, you can, you could probably learn to fly upside down in a month. Yeah. I'm like this is like I just just did not have that luxury. You know, you're gonna. I bet you now you're gonna see kids get within two years. You know. Just already be up to you know a pretty high level, you know, just from sitting on the simulator all the time and flying little micros. That's a good question to ask you, actually. Kind of back to it's uh, you know we've kind of been going off on different topics, but kind of going back to the whole rep thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously you you handle a lot of, and I mean that literally, of course. <laughs> reps. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean that literally. But you handle a lot of reps, so I, I'm assuming you get requests quite often. Uh, from individuals asking mm-hmm. if maybe there's a spot available for a rep or some type of sponsorship or something. I, I would imagine you get, yeah. yeah. So you have an opportunity to, to go through a lot of these 
applications, for lack of a better word. So what advice would you give? Because there's a lot, dude, there are a lot of really good pilots. And I don't know. Yeah. You know, part of it is part of it is the social media. I mean, these guys that are on the top of the hobby right now, you know, they've they've been at it for a long time. They didn't have the luxury of YouTube and Facebook and and all these other ways to share their. Yeah. But now the kids do. These young guys do. Yep. And so, what would you tell these guys? What what advice would you give them if they're looking for a sponsorship um, or a rep? I mean, position? I guess I guess if you want to be like as far as like a field rep goes, which is generally just like a discount, you know, from a hobby shop or a, you know a particular company. Um, the biggest thing, I mean, that's the thing. Like you just said, you know, good pilots are a dime a dozen now. You know what I mean? You right. can find good pilots anywhere. You know, they, they come in and out of the hobby really fast now. And um, it truly, to me, for what I look for, is just how a person handles themselves. You know, how they act around other people, how social they are, um, how, you know, have I heard anything bad about them? Um, I mean, you know, I, I have so many friends around the United States now. You know, if I, you know, if I have a rep that, you know, or someone that says, you know, I'm interested in being a rep, blah, 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 this is, you know, this and that. You know, I, I might even know that club or know someone that goes there. Right. You know, and ask them, you know, even ask them about them. Just like, hey, you know, do you know anything anything about this person? And, I mean, for the most part, people are, they're good. You know, I mean, you have a, this is a really good group of people in this hobby. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's not, it's not very often that you have someone like, oh, no, he's a complete asshole. You know, I mean, they're out there, but they're generally not looking to, you know, represent companies. And, and here's, so. a, here's another thing, too. And, and how do you weed these guys out? Because I know, I, I know for a fact, there's a lot of people that will accept a rep deal. And let's, let's, so there's just all clear. Rep is where you start. I mean, that's where you start. Yep. So um, there's a lot of guys out there that will just take a rep deal. I mean, just, and that's, that, that's really no good for anybody. You got to have a passion and you can tell who has passion for what they do. And um, is there, I mean, do you, have you, do you have the experience where sometimes you, feel like maybe you've made a mistake real quick is there some kind of indicator you're like Ugh. um yeah i mean it, it has happened like this um, guy's just in it for what good. he can get type deal yeah you know you get you get certain people that'll like you know really quickly want to know they're like you know when can i you know when can i get this discount when can i get this i want this you know i want that i want this and you're just like dude like you just got to calm down <laughs> you know like that kind of stuff takes time you know and I usually you know when people say you know when when do i get a better discount you know it's kind of just like well, it just depends on how your performance is or how well stuff are doing in your area. You know, like at, at the end of the day, it truly does matter. You know, if you've been a rep in this area for, you know, three years and there's no one flying compass in your area, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do is, you know, sell yourself. You definitely don't do that, but at least have some sort of influence, you know, by helping people, by being nice. And that's how it grows, you know, brand interest. You know, here's what I've found. And I have never really been interested in, in that. Re- well, frankly, uh, when it comes to flying, I'm not, I'm not a guy. I'm not a flashy guy. I'm your typical, you know, seventy percenter out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, but what I've found, you know, doing the podcast is people can they can pick up on, you know, if you're truly there for the love of the hobby, and 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 things like this just kind of happen if you're the right person for it. You know, here's the thing, and and you kind of hit on it a little bit earlier. Pilots come and go. Oh yeah. I mean, people get all hot and bothered about this hobby, yeah, and then the yeah, next, the next the the next weekend, you don't see them, and you'll never see them again. 
Yeah. Well, Dave, you're you're a really good sport, man. Now, you know, I um, I, I kid around a lot, and I appreciate, I appreciate you coming it. on the show. And uh, you know, one of these days, I I swear to God, I'm gonna shock the whole listener base, and I'm gonna show a picture of me holding a seven HV or something. I I, I you know I, I'm I'm looking for a new electric. I am so. I always said you could, you know, fly mine. Yeah, yeah take a look if, at the seven HV two. If I, <laughs> dude, if I flew yours, I would just feel obligated to tank it. I know. Well, <laughs> just, yeah, I just, I just don't know how I would ever do a show again if I didn't wreck your helicopter. That's true, and I wouldn't expect <laughs> oh anything God, less. So. <laughs> All righty, Dave. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, man. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Thanks for having me on here. All right, guys, that was David Kettlehut. Great sport. Uh, what can I say? I mean, he uh, he took the ribbing well. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show and right before the interview, um, my position on Compass, uh, I want to well, it's evolved. It's, I, I'm changing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go out and buy a Compass tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, after we had this conversation with Dave and, and, um, and now I have to look at compass in a new light. Uh, does that mean I'm going to stop giving Jesse shit? No, no, I just can't. I mean, it's like, I can't do that. You're going to breathe. Yeah. Well, then we're going to give Jesse shit. So. Oh man, Dan, it's the beginning of the end. Well, it's, it's the beginning, you know, this is, it's going to fester all winter and (laughs) Nick and I are going to roll up to Othello next spring and you're going to bust out a compass. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when compass makes a, a, a nitro 700, give me a call. There you go. There you go. So we don't know. It was a lot of fun. You guys missed out, man. You guys missed out. What can I say? Yeah, I know. It happens. It happens. We've been pretty busy lately. I had to, uh, every now and then, I do require a slight amount of sleep. What? That's that's yeah, what, that's, what, that's what that meth is for, dude. Didn't didn't you get dude, that? I know, but it finally <laughs> caught up with it finally me. Just, you finally just crashed, did you? Yeah. Oh, I crashed hard. It was seven o'clock. I was like, okay, let's see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down here. And I'm just okay. I'm just gonna take just a couple minutes. My watcher show with my kid. You know, and then and then I'll I'll kind of rally. We'll get him to bed, and then then we'll get back up and we'll get going again. My no. eyes opened up at like nine thirty. I was sitting in the chair. It's like shit. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Got up only to stumble, make it upstairs, throw out two texts to Justin, and then pass back out. Uh, yep. Yeah, the the yeah, and I, so I, I texted him because I was working on the website. I'm I texted him. Hey, dude, you need to change this graphic. You, you, you know, it's not what we were looking for. And he sends, the, he sends the text back. Ah, oh, crap. I'll do it tomorrow. I'm going to bed. Yeah. All, all I'm going to say <laughs> is the simple. I was like, man, I took this, this wonderful little banner graphic thing that we got and all of the wording in it. I freaking Tony Whitesided it to death. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we just, love you, just, Tony. We love you. We love you, Tony. But I just butchered it, dude. You, it was like instant messing you. It was bad. It was really bad. So and that's what I realized. I just it all caught up with me. But man, I woke up this morning. 
felt like a whole new person, dude. I was all spun out and everything. Walked into work for a smile. Like the first time in a month, I walked in with a smile. They're like, who are you and what'd you do with yeah, me? Yeah, who, who is this guy? I'm like, dude, you guys ready? Let's make it happen. Go, baby, go. Come on. <laughs> oh, you know, I am so happy that we were able to get this episode out this week. I hate missing a week. I just yeah, hate it. It just didn't feel right. You know, and the thing of it is, is we had some comments, you know, eh, we'll be all right. And, you know, we will be all right. But it just, you, when you get on a roll, when you get on a schedule like this it just becomes the thing you do yeah and uh just like anything else when you wake up in the morning and you don't brush your teeth you feel it all day long yeah you know and uh there was a comment by uh one of our listeners larry schroeder and he said it he said it right here and i just i can't i can't summarize everything more than this one little short statement he goes, you guys are going all out. Yeah. And I, I really feel like that is the last month. It's just like we're going yeah. all out. This, you know, we are at, we are at a crossroads here with the show. We, it, 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 it's, hard, it's hard to explain because, first of all, first and foremost, we love doing this. Oh yeah. That's why we do it. And when you enjoy it so much, you find that you put so much effort into it. It's, it's nice to have listeners that show us that they're a little bummed that we didn't get a show out on Monday. And we, we understand it's not that big of a deal, but at the same time, we, we really want to get our show out every Monday. So, yeah. And I I need to give everyone a, a personal apology i've been (laughs) that's kind of the downfall with with as much as we want to grow stuff uh you don't think about it when you're doing it it's like oh yeah well we could do this well let's freaking make it happen right right right. i mean that's how i look at things let's make it happen let's just make it happen if we want it then we'll do it there's there's no limits there uh what catches up with me sometimes is the the workload and the responsibility that comes along with it so I, I apologize. I've been really slow at getting emails back out. Um, I read each and every single one of them. If you do not get one back, uh, you will eventually. <laughs> Next year sometime. Eventually. <laughs> you know, well, I, and look. I do, but it's just been taking a while because it, it'll be better once the website's out and done. It, here's, here's the nice thing about that. I respond to every email I get, but see, my email responses are pretty easy. Oh, hey, thanks, man. I really appreciate the words and we love doing the show. And, you know, they're not asking me what the, you know, <laughs> how do I find out the disc loading on these? Uh, but just so you guys know, I just want, I just want to, you know, for the record, I do actually respond to every email immediately and Nick doesn't. Just keep that in mind. No, no, dude. <laughs> no that is, you're such a liar. Let it be known. I do to every single one. It's just, it's when, when I can. I feel, dude, it's a good thing that my job's easy because Look. I have done more photoshopping and e- email replying. I think that I've actually fixed cars during the well, day. Well, that, that actually brings up a good point too, Nick. And, and I, I, I didn't really realize it until you said we were talking on Skype the other day. And we were talking about the episode of Digging In and like 
that's not even posted on our on our old webpage. I was like, yeah. dude, I've been so consumed with this new webpage, I've almost essentially forgotten about the old <laughs> webpage. Yep. Yeah. But it's good, dude, you guys, I don't, I just don't think, like imagine, I'll give you a little, a, a quick teaser, just so you can sit on it and go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, are you kidding me? So, you know all of those cool, like, tech tips that you read on the forum? Imagine being able to go to somewhere and not have to wade through all the retarded people. Yes. Yep. Single clicks and you're like, hmm, let's see. I've got a little, I'm looking for a tech tip on, uh, on nitros. Oh, maybe click a little button and say, nah, I don't want to search through anything else. I just want to search through nitros and click on that. Oh yeah, it will happen. Yeah, it will. Ha- and it is happening. And it is happening and it's going to grow. It's just the beginning. Uh, I'm not trying to replace the forums or anything. Don't get me wrong. But, but you know, and, and, and here's something we struggled with too. And, and you know, we, we really, really did talk about this trying to decide whether or not we wanted to do it. And I was always, I know that our forum on our current webpage isn't very active. I do know that in the wintertime, it does pick up quite a bit. And I didn't really care if it was very active. That really wasn't the reason for it. The reason for, in my mind, was to just have an open line of communication anytime. And um, so what I will tell you is this new page does that in such a way that it'll just, it'll just, it's, it's more fluent because the topics will be topical <laughs> for lack of a better word. I mean, everything will be grouped up according yeah. to what it is. And it, it serves the same purpose as the forum that we had. And I think it's going to be even bigger. Yeah. Easier to get. It'll be great. Easy. It's like too. there's, there's better stuff with less clickage. Is clickage a word? Yeah, it is a word. It's, it's a word now. We'll, it's a we'll, new standard. Yeah, we'll take that. It's the new yeah, standard. Less clickage <laughs> and more involvement and less <gasps> less waiting and searching. I, I'm, I have no patience. And that's what this whole website has been based around. The design is that Nick has no patience on searching for anything. I can, so. I can attest to that. <laughs> I, I Also, too, you know, Nick just talked about that uh, image that, that he that he made and did it when he was tired and whatnot. And Justin brought it up. And I, I just wanted to say, I sent Justin a, a text message shortly after he brought that up. And I said, it's the new standard. Deal with it. You know, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a, yeah, it's been just a, a really an interesting experience when you take three people that just have very different ways of doing things and try and complete one project together yeah, it's been but a, it's a growing experience. The for number all of, us. of times that Dan has threatened to letter bomb Nick and I <laughs> in this process <laughs> is just astounding. I know, I know, and it's so hard to do it all because, like, okay, we would love to. I mean, dude, really, if if none of us had day jobs, it'd be great if we could just sit there on Skype. And just hang out. No, like see, for if half none of day. us had day jobs, I think one of us would end up injured. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, especially if we all lived within <laughs> driving distance of each other. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing we're spread out across the country. So here, here's a here's another thing I want to bring up. Um, I mentioned on the Facebook page that there's a giveaway coming up soon, and and I haven't really worked out the details, and I kind of want to. I, I will tell you what it's going to be. We talked about it. I don't know. We don't know exactly how we're going to do it yet, but we kind of want to utilize the launching of the new webpage to 
kind of incorporate this giveaway. Essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to come up with a, I don't even know if it's going to be a contest, um, but what we're going to do is we're going to be giving away some lifetime subscriptions to digging in. Just, yep. a, just a couple. Uh, that means from here on out till the end of time, uh, anytime digging in puts up something or puts out an episode, you'll get it if you happen to be these one, one of these two or so people that we, that we pick. How we're going to do that? I've got a few ideas. We haven't really had a chance to talk about talk about it. I, I uh, mentioned it on Facebook, and some people were like, "Oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be?" Well, that's what it's going to be, and I'll probably put a little post on Facebook too. Um, but you, we should know by next week exactly what we're going to do. While we have some time to to talk about it, Kinda you know, Dan, that, that's really. I'm glad you bring up the Facebook thing. Cause that's something that I have been, you know, I'm I'm a huge. Everybody knows me knows I'm a huge Facebook guy. Junkie, and, and I junkie yeah, is a better word. Junk, junkie, spun out, crackhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, it's the it's the interaction that I like on Facebook. That that's why I like it so much is the amount of interaction. And I feel like we've really kind of like shortchanged our listeners on that interaction. I mean, yeah, the forum has done a great job. It, it served its purpose, but. You know, we talk about a lot of stuff, uh, you know, on our episodes that only the Facebook people get to see. You know, like that's like true. the video, that's, like the that's videos. A good the, point. The, the Heli Command videos. We did an out. We did the actual uh, flight review video that Justin and I did, and then we did an outtake video, and that was only po- those were only posted on Facebook. That's not going to be the case with this new website. Yeah, Every single thing that you see on Facebook, with the exception of if we do maybe some real specific contests. Um, it's going to be all right there accessible. So I think, um, you know, all the people who aren't, don't believe in Facebook or aren't fans or, or whatever, um, this is going to be incredible for you guys because yeah. you're going to get all of that interaction, which we do a ton of Facebook interaction. You're going to be able to get all of that literally almost r- right off the homepage of the website. I mean, yep. everything, videos, reviews, comments, Yep. Um, yeah, it's just cool. And that's, that's why we designed it the way that we designed it was so that everyone can be involved. Every single one of our listeners that, you know, that downloads an episode can be just as involved as the other person. They don't have to go anywhere else to do it. Yeah. Simply based on the numbers, we've determined that the, the Facebook user base of people who are who listen to our show on a regular basis really is a small percentage. And I understand, and for whatever reason, and we've talked about that to death, why, you know, if you don't like Facebook, whatever, you don't like Facebook, and that's your call. But as Nick said, that this is the beauty of this webpage. And I know we're going on and on, but we're all, as you can tell, really excited about it. This webpage, you're going to be able to experience this webpage. And I think, You'll be able to do it without actually even having to sign in, but I think you're going to be drawn to signing in and partaking in the conversation. But you'll still, for the most part, be able to experience everything on the webpage with the Mm -hmm. exception of one or two small things, and you'll still be able to see it, but you just won't be able to participate in. And when you see what you can't participate in, you're going to go sign up. Yeah, and you don't have have to worry about the Facebook thing. Because it's that cool. Yeah, and there's no, like, no spam, no, no. I promise you that if you sign up on our, fa- uh, on our, on our actual website, 
no one will invite you to play Farmville. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, exactly. it's, just, it's physically not possible. <laughs> it's a no Farmville site. It's a no Farmville zone. That's right. All right, you guys. Well, uh, this has been a pretty long episode, but you know that happens when we don't get one out one week. Uh, when you get three of us that like to talk in microphones, sometimes we do just that. Sometimes we go in excess, but you know, it's all in good fun. It's what it is. Don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, guys, if you wanted to get in touch with me, you could do that at uh, dan at rchelionation.com or you could reach me at Dan K. Reed on all the forums. If I wanted to get in touch with you, Nick, how would I do that? Uh, definitely go ahead and shoot me an email at nick at rchelionation.com or, ooh, quick little teaser, you will see me as Nick in the chat box. I guess maybe you'll see me as Dan. I, yeah. Unless you guys change my name to asshole or something. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll find hmm. <laughs> How would I get in touch with you, Justin, if I wanted to do that? You could get me at justin at rchelionation.com or at all the forums at Justin Pucci or Justin in the chat box. And of course, if you wanted to get in touch with Jesse, you could do that at jesse at rchelionation.com. Yes, he has finally earned his own rchelionation email address. And I'm not going to tell you what he had to do to get it. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing I, I want to... <laughs> don't tell me either. Hey, wait. Don't, I don't want to hey, know. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, don't, act, la, 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 don't la, you guys la. act like you don't know what he had to do to get it. Come on. <laughs> no, don't be coy. Don't be coy. One, well, other, one other thing I want to mention, guys, I, I still occasionally get emails. I got two this week asking about Rob. Uh, Rob obviously made a huge impression on you guys. And as you know, I have a ton of respect for Rob. And in my mind, he's always a part of what we do here. And for that reason, I he still has an uh, RC Helly Nation email address because if you guys want to get in touch with him, find out what he's doing, you can do that at Rob at RCHellyNation.com. Yeah. You know, we love just, Rob. Yeah, Rob. you know, he's going Bad through he's going through some shit. He was a huge part of what we do here, as was everybody who's been involved with the show. But uh, I, I'm amazed still at how many emails I get. A lot of you guys are, are thinking about him, and he's glad to hear it. So drop him a line. Let him know what's going on. All righty, guys. This has uh, been a fun show. Long one, but a fun one. And as always, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, and uh, I promise we'll be back next Monday. Adios, come play in my chat box. (laughs) This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. 